This is The Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find The Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey, hey, The Monty Show. Happy 2024. We're back, and we are, as always, presented by The Advocates, theadvocates.com, the best entry attorneys in the business. And it's finally, there are rumors, Jake, allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly, we will get winter this week throughout the Western United States. Get into an accident, man. It's not your fault. You got to get to theadvocates.com because they very simply understand what you're going through when you've been in an accident because they've seen it all. They know how to make sure that you get healthy while they fight for your rights, while they fight for your ability to get back wages, while they fight for your ability to make sure that you get what you deserve and you never reach into your pocket to pay the advocates at theadvocates.com. Oh, boy, uh, what an incredible week uh, it was in college football. And it's very interesting as we sit here uh, on the precipice of the college football playoff championship game and yet still, we talk about Michigan sign stealing. And if you're new to the channel, make sure you go check out our short segments. Uh, I did one today on, on the whole sign stealer situation. And I have to tell you, I, I understand why so many people want to talk about it. I get it. The sign stealing, cheating situation, I understand why that's a narrative and a storyline with the University of Michigan football team. But the thing that I don't understand is what impact did that have on the Alabama game? Because straight up, Michigan football played a significantly better game than Alabama did. Michigan players outplayed Alabama players. J.J. McCarthy had a far better game, in my opinion, than Jalen Milrow did. Alabama couldn't snap the football. Jalen Milrow fumbled the football. I thought it was shocking how out of position Alabama football players were. Jake, if there was ever a time to give accolades to Michigan football, I think the Alabama win was absolutely that time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I, I said before uh, we went on break for two weeks that if Michigan beats Alabama, then I'll give them credit, and I give them credit. And and they won the game, and you played well, and you you did what you had to do, and they deserve credit for that. I am definitely in the camp that says I really don't care all that much that you know Connor Stallings was in the stands and like. Everyone's trying to make this out like, you know, something was going on there. And, and and this had nothing to do with Connor Stallions. And and I think what was so surprising to me is this game kind of rolled out in the first quarter was that Michigan was making mistakes. I mean, special teams for Michigan was a big problem in the first quarter. And Alabama had opportunities and simply didn't take advantage of those opportunities. So the idea that Alabama fan wants to sit here and say that, oh, man, we lost in overtime, and I'm glad our center's in the transfer portal, and yada, 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 yada. The reality of the situation is the center is not the sole reason why you lost that game. Now, is that a big part? Did that certainly hurt you? Absolutely. I mean, not being able to snap the football repeatedly is totally unacceptable uh, in the college football playoff semifinal. I mean, that's just not going to get the job done. And yeah, it is a little surprising out of a Nick Saban coach team. But what I will say, and what I was thinking throughout this game, watching it go down was, this is what happens when you don't have a bunch of five-star caliber athletes working for you. When you don't have these guys, you know, just gifted athletes like Nick Saban has had 
before. You don't have the Julio Jones running routes for you. You don't have, you know, those grade A number one guys. You you don't have Bryce Young back there anymore. You don't. And and I like where Jalen's game is at, but the fact is, is he he is not a pure enough pocket passer to defeat a dominant uh, Michigan football defensive line. Because that's where this game was decided. I mean, the push that yeah. Michigan's getting in the trenches no this whole game is is absolute domination. Four so, sacks in the first yeah, 12 minutes, I, I mean, six total. chance. Yeah. I, I think that Michigan's a very good football team, and that's the, that's the hard part about this discussion about Michigan football being – the most hated team in America because I, I don't know that it's it's even arguable. They're one of the best football programs in the country. They're, they're right. I mean that that defensive line. I think the way the secondary played under pressure. I I thought it was a great performance by the players on the field. But whatever this nonsense is that JJ McCarthy is running out today, you know that he he finds it unfortunate uh, that that the sign stealing scandal you know, could take the focus off all of their hard work and, you know, talking about media narratives. Those aren't media narratives. And, and I think this is critically important that the J.J. McCarthy, for those who didn't see it, the starting quarterback at Michigan, affectionately or otherwise known as Free Harbaugh on this show. Right. Free Harbaugh in his conference call today said that 80% of college football teams are stealing signs. Look, Free Harbaugh, here's the thing that you, you're you're trying to spin. Not all of them have a budget and an operation that sends people out to other stadiums to steal signs. I, you, you can't get away from that. And I am certainly not here to argue that Michigan's innocent. They're not. My issue isn't with Free Harbaugh or the rest of that roster. My issue is with Jim Harbaugh who I think is an absolute scumbag and should never coach another high school prospect into a college football player. I, I feel that strongly about it. I would never hire Jim Harbaugh to be my head coach, ever. But the bottom line is, his football players outplayed Nick Saban's football players. They wholeheartedly deserve to be in the college football playoff final. Now, should we argue about whether the, the merits of them being in the playoff at all? Sure. You want to have that argument? Go howl at the moon. I get it. We've done that. They're in the playoff. They're a better football team than Alabama. Are they a better football team than Washington? Not in my opinion, because I think the one reason that Michigan was able to win that game is Alabama wasn't able to execute on offense. That's not going to be a problem for Michael Penix Jr., who I think is the best player in the country right now. But the bottom line is Michigan football belongs in the college football playoff final. There's no doubt about that. And if they win it, I, I, I truly hope we don't do this whole BS thing where we vacate the win and we take back the trophy. They won the game. They won the game. Take the trophy back. Great. Reggie Bush is still a Heisman Trophy winner. It, 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 it's hollow. If you wanted to punish Michigan, you should have kept him out. You let him in. Now you got to let him have the trophy if they win it, in my opinion. I don't believe in this, and I don't know where you come down yeah. on this, but I don't believe in this whole, oh, let's go back and retroactively take away the wins and hand yeah. it to Michael Penix in Washington. There's no one lying in the watch, dude. I mean, I, I I think that, I mean, I agree with your take that Penix is not going to have near the trouble that, that, that you know, Jalen Milrow had against this defense. But but I also think that, you know, a Alabama, uh, it needs to be said, Alabama had a hell of a year. I, yeah. I mean, you know, from where you were to where you got to, you know, the idea that, that this team got all the way to the semifinal and you lose to a really physical Michigan team, like 
Like, that's a hell of a year, man. And I know that for Nick Saban in Alabama, like, it's championship or bust, and that's fine. That's fine. But if we're going to sit here and praise Michigan and give them the credit that they deserve after winning that ballgame, I think you got to give Alabama some credit, too. And, and, and I think, you know, now, now that we're in a place where we're having this, the conference realignment stuff is starting to creep in. Now that we've got just the championship game left, we can kind of start to see, okay, this is what the newer rosters are going to look like, or frankly, not look like in many teams cases. Like I, I think we're starting to see the change in college football take place. So I'm not really interested in doing, you know, unwinding the watch stuff or yeah. like going back in the past. Like I'm interested in, Hey, Michael Penix Jr. is one of the most underrated players, in my opinion. And that's only because he plays in the Pac-12 and was not on TV enough. This is somebody who can outthrow anybody's defense. And all Washington's got to do from a coordinator perspective is put together a game plan that allows you to get the ball out relatively quickly because you know what that defensive line can do. And if you do that, you should be relatively successful. But if you know, I just don't understand why we got to sit here and be like, oh, well, if Michigan wins or this or that, like, let's stop doing hypotheticals. You, you, you won the game. You deserve the credit. You're in the championship yeah. game. I will say, I do think that it, it is a travesty that they got in. I do agree with the people that say the NCAA, <laughs> why? you know, well, why, because, because I why think, open the door for well, it? Because this, this is not hypothetical. This is my take on it. I, I don't think they should have been in. I think the NCAA is notorious for dragging their feet. The idea that you have a governing body that's going to wait six months to punish someone is ridiculous. You're not a governing body then. You're 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 a you know a, a discipline distributor when it's convenient for you. Well, I, I think there's some important details here too. I mean, the NCAA uh, two weeks ago delivered notice of level one violations against Jim Harbaugh. Um, that we already knew about and to all the Michigan haters who love this show. And there are many, apparently uh, it's what we've been telling you for three months. And that is that Jim Harbaugh, and this is, this is what you can't get away from. And I think it is, it is so foolish in my opinion that we're going to have this conversation. And then later down the road, we're going to vacate wins. Okay. You do you. I, I, I want to make it very clear. If Michigan wins that game, they are now and forever the champions of the 2023 football season. Yes. A end of yes. story. Jim Harbaugh should not be coaching that team. Sharon Moore, whoever you want to. Okay, great. Jim Harbaugh is a disgrace to the coaching profession. Jim Harbaugh is an embarrassment as a professional to the University of Michigan, in my opinion. And he is that because he is self-admitted through his suspension not three games, now six games, six games. He took three in the beginning of the season, admitting to COVID period recruiting violations and dishonesty and deception with the committee on infractions. He took a three-game rip, self-imposed, self-imposed, because the committee on infractions said, well, four games, five games, that's not enough. So now what happened two weeks ago? They got noticed, level one violations. This is, this is, you, 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 we can sit here, Michigan fan, and, and you can smoke whatever's in that pipe to put yourself in some altered state to make you believe that everything in Michigan's just fine. It's not just fine. Jim Harbaugh is going to miss next year. Oh, no, he won't. That's because he'll be employed by an NFL team next year. And hey, let, let, and I, 
You want to do that? And I think the team that should be playing in San Diego but rent space at the Rams' house? Hey, if you're the Chargers, I, you should absolutely hire Jim Harbaugh. He is a – fundamentally, he is a really good quarterback coach for two years, and then he pisses everybody off and resigns or gets fired. That's who the guy is. Know that when you hire him, but Justin Herbert will be a better quarterback for that. But let's not sit here and spin the fact that Jim Harbaugh is a cheater, in my opinion. I think the facts are in place. They are not in question because, again, if Jim Harbaugh wasn't a cheater, why did Michigan make a court filing and never once deny that his program cheated? Um, never once, not one time, has Michigan, the University of, or the athletic department or the football department denied the sign-stealing situation. So there are conversations to be had about Jim Harbaugh and, and the Michigan football program. If they beat Washington next Monday night in Houston, they're the champions of football now and forever of 2023. You're not going to take it away from them, nor should you. Sorry, we're I, offended I, by that. I'm all for honest and open conversations. Mm -hmm. Michigan was a better football team than Alabama. I just think that the the I agree with that, and I think that the bigger conversation has to at some point, uh, you know, be maybe we need to change the way we handle issues in college football when it comes to discipline. Like I'm not talking about you know the the portal or NIL or this new age stuff. I'm just simply talking about like age old violations because that's the thing with Jim. These are not like rocket science violations. These are very black and white. You did it or you didn't do it, and he said he did through suspending him. Like, dude, we know what happened it's, here. It's the best example I've ever heard was from the guy that you cannot stand continues to breathe on the face of this earth. And that'd be Paul Feinbaum, who said, it's just like Johnny Cash. I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. Nobody's questioning you shot the man, Jim. Why we have Feinbaum. Nobody is questioning that Jim Harbaugh cheated through a sign-stealing scandal. I'm for real. Nobody's questioning he had recruits and burgers during the COVID dark period, overworked his coaches, had coaches watching workouts on Zoom, and then deceived the committee on infractions about that. Nobody's denying that. It's actually not that easy, but for me it was easy. But the, the other part of this that I think is so delicious is Michigan fan. Because the thing I don't understand is they win the game the other night. And Michigan fans are like, this proves that we didn't cheat. No, it doesn't. This proves. <laughs> Bo Schembechler and having this proves that Jim Harbaugh is the almighty. No, it doesn't. This, God bless. This proves. <laughs> this proves that we're legitimately a good football team. Nobody questioned that. We really did. This proves that we're better than Ohio State. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I thought it was hilarious. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in, you know, Kansas City, back at the girlfriend's family's house, and I'm like, hey, like they're all talking about. It. They're like, oh well, you know, now that they beat Alabama, like you know, this is this is kind of a new time for them, right? Like. Hey, like, you know, does this mean that, you know, now they're legit? And I'm like, yeah, they're a good football team, but it doesn't change the fact that you decided to to roll out a whole scheme just to beat Rutgers because that's the thing that I keep getting tripped up on. Like, I understand if you wanted to do this in the SEC, if you were like Vanderbilt, 
and you <laughs> totally were like, okay, it. dude, we're playing Alabama. You know, we don't really get the same caliber of guy that Saban does. Let's get their signs and do a whole thing. Listen, It'll be we're, worth it, we're dude. Indiana University right? football. Like, We've got to do something, right? It, 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 right. But that's not the case. You're Michigan in a in a in a Big Ten that now this coming year is going to be a lot better. But in the old Big Ten, it was a cakewalk except for Ohio State. And frankly, I'm kind of coming around to the idea that Ryan Day has been disappointing. Like, who's Ryan Day? Dude, good lord. Oh, you mean Lloyd Carr incarnate? Stay Ryan, home, Ryan Day. I, he has been disappointing. And again, I I have no problem saying Michigan is one of the two best football teams in the country. Yes. They've earned that label. They've earned that. And Jim Harbaugh is, a, in my opinion, a horribly unethical uh, football coach who I don't believe is a good enough football coach to beat the best teams in the country. I think he had to cheat to do it. That's my opinion. And I, I think that they are not mutually exclusive. And I think that Jim Harbaugh is getting all the the hate and, and vitriol that he deserves. I mean, I think we can say, so I, at least I have the ability, and I think you have the ability to separate this. Like, okay, yes. the Alabama-Michigan game is separate from the cheating stuff and the regular season drama and all of that. And the idea that, Hey, during the regular season, it's pretty much rock solid evidence, like undisputed. You did this. It's not an opinion. There's a load of evidence. Like, let's just accept the fact that that happened when it happened. But bro, it's, it's all the people who are like, oh my God, Connor Stallions was in the Rose Bowl. FBI investigation incoming. Who cares? He bought a ticket. He Fine was watching. Guy. Yeah, he what? bought a ticket who? to a lot of games. Yeah. You know? Asshole. Like, what's the deal? <laughs> like, I'm trying to. Team. I'm trying to figure out why so many people were focused on Connor Stallions being at the game instead of the fact that Nick Saban got his ass kicked by Jim Harway, by Michigan. I'm trying to figure that out. Who cares about Connor Stallions? You don't Do, always have to be negative. I had an earpiece in, Monty. I was looking at it through his binoculars, and I saw he had an earpiece in, bro. No, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> Connor, like, go sell vacuums, dude. Like, who, do you really think the sign-stealing scandal is why Balake Corm was able to make that jump cut and, and cripple Alabama's defensive line? Vacuums are my thing. No, man. But does that absolve the LLC cheating, sign-stealing, traveling band of, of... No, it doesn't. This shit's going good. Right? It doesn't. But that doesn't mean that Corm is a bad running back. Michigan, I think Michigan fan. And there's been a lot of delusional fan bases this year, Frank. A Florida State fan, I never thought I'd say this. Florida State fan gave Michigan fan a run for their stupidity <laughs> money. Hey, uh, right? Rick Scott, where you at? And, uh, it, it's, it, and we're going to talk about Florida State in a minute. But Michigan fan, I want some of what, what you got from where you got it. Because you're just... You are wildly okay, crazy. A hell of a drug. Yeah, you're crazy. If you think that, how many Michigan fans are like, oh, we got to keep Jim Harbaugh? Why? What did he do before they started stealing signs? And he will every single time. Oh, that's right. You lost to to Lloyd Carr down in Columbus. That's <laughs> right. That's what you. That's what good good call. Yeah, keep Jim Harbaugh. Good that's job. That's who you're losing to, right? And meanwhile, you. And if Jim Harbaugh is such a good coach, I'm in, in a, such a good football administrator. 
Why did you set up a sign-stealing scandal and a sign-stealing operation to steal signs that were already being given to you? You know, you, you paid people to go to other stadiums to record sidelines that are already being recorded and delivered to you. But yet you, why are you fighting for Jim Harbaugh? Are you Michigan fan? Well, Michigan you, fans going to say this guy's our hero that, that you know, this guy has overcome everything. And, you know, I mean, gonna, they're gonna they call- did. Hey, they did. You guys, they had to play. Did you see the schedule? That schedule was just a stalwartness. Jeez, I I don't know how any team <clears throat> gotta be America's team. I just that took wow. I mean, you played one game, that was Ohio State. Yay! The fighting paternos, no. It's stop. Nobody's buying. Well, Maryland was really good for like one quarter of football this year. <laughs> you played nobody. Well, Michigan State's always a good no, it's not. No, it will be this coming year because good old Johnny Smith. But come on, come on. Okay, we, we've probably <sighs> okay, we've okay. probably rambled okay. too much. Right? Excellent start to the new year. So <sighs> it feels good to come back and bloodlet on Jim Harbaugh. Like that is, <laughs> it feels as though like I'm cleaning my soul. And I just took a shower and I feel better now. Excellent. I don't hate Jim Harbaugh. I do. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Who are we kidding? I there are there are few guys like I don't I'm not one of the guys that hates Bill Belichick. So many people hate Bill Belichick. I don't hate Bill Belichick. I don't hate Tom Brady. Yeah, I'm not talking about that. I don't hate well every Boston sports team, but Zidane Charo is different. Patrice is what that's a whole different thing. Anyway, my <coughs> point is <coughs> I don't hate the Celtics. I don't hate the Patriots. I don't hate. You're the football team that continually kicks your ass. Like, I hate the Packers. We're going to talk about, you know, speaking of sign stealer guy, we're going to talk about degenerate Jimmy Kimmel hater in a minute. Where is A-Ron right now? I genuinely dislike Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. I and, and I hope you guys thought of me, not just for my good looks, but on an intellectual level. Not interstellar level, though. No, different. Okay. Do you understand that Jim Harbaugh, as I've been telling you through this whole thing, doesn't answer questions? He's got it. He's doing a one-on-one interview, not answering questions. Hey, Jim, uh, how are you able to take on that Alabama defensive line? Well, you know what? You know what, Sharon? I, uh, you know, we really have a good football team. And I just want to say, it's amazing to be. Do you see the weather out here in Pasadena? All right, let's throw it to my players. They're they're the ones you want to talk to. Like, what kind of an a hole is this guy? And yet, Michigan fan, you go and fight for him. Yep, you go and, and repeatedly. I think the only way that you get clarity and closure on this is by is by popping a buck shot from bucked up. Mm-hmm. That's the only way you can do it. Now they're so good. I will tell you, this is the last buck shot in the building today right here do you oh, want what it are you talking about man do you want it yeah <laughs> yeah right um no no uh buckshot from bucked up i'm telling you the, the best product i use on a regular basis now you know uh with all the resolutioners in your gym if you're not one of them uh <laughs> mrs monty and i back in the gym uh it, it, it and we have been since before the the holiday the one supplement that I'm begging you to use 
is creatine. If I'm I'm 50 years old, about to turn 51, I think creatine is a vital, vital supplement. You must have it for mental clarity. You must have it for brain health. You must have it for muscle health. I am telling you, if you are not paying attention to your brain, you're missing out. That's where Buckshot comes in from Bucked Up. It is naturally sourced caffeine uh, through green tea leaf extract, and it's got a bunch of brain food in it that helps you have mental clarity to get through your day. So join me and not shake. Cheers to you, friends. Well, that's a great job filling the void there, Jake. Yeah. But yep. this, I'm telling you, Buckshot just does the job it's supposed to do. But Mrs. Monty converted me over the Christmas holiday. Oh, boy. I have been that guy who's like, I don't need pre-workout. I'm a big, tough dude. What do you bitch? And last week, when we came back from, from Mesquite, Nevada, after golfing Wolf Creek, and really, we didn't golf it. We dominated it. Um, I started in I started in hard on the on the pre-workout because I was tired of getting out of bed at 6 a.m. Dude, it makes all the difference in the world. I'm burning on average with pre-workout 200 more calories uh per gym session now. Like it's remarkable. Get it all at buckedup.com where they use elite ingredients to make elite products. Buckedup.com use the promo code Monty to get 20% off at checkout. All right, who gets the who Let gets the, the first comment of the day? Well, it's twenty dollars from Joseph Carruthers. Oh, okay. Well, that's a hell of a way to start off twenty twenty four. Appreciate you, Joseph. Here's to a PNW that'd be Pacific Northwestern. Thank you. It's not Northwestern. It's just Pacific Northwest. Uh, team making the championship. Also, no SEC teams in the championship. Man, you guys hate the SEC that much. There's a lot of people saying. <laughs> And they were saying that there's a lot of people saying that. Um, I, I don't, I don't understand why people don't want the best teams in the championship. And I, I don't think there's any doubt that that 60 point beat down <laughs> that the boys in Athens put on Florida state vindicating all of college football fandom by whooping Florida state ass. Yeah. And it's okay. You can it, you can admit to us how much you enjoyed that. Oh, but Monty, they had all the sit outs. They had all the sit outs, man. You mean opt outs? Close. <laughs> well, they had twenty three guys opting out. Great, that's what we call an excuse. Did you lose by sixty? Well, but no, you but you quit on the game. Do you understand that no team has ever lost by more than Florida State lost to Georgia? It's the single largest bowl game loss ever. Not since like 1920. Ever. Ever, bro. Ever. And if you're going to make the argument Georgia's not one of the four best teams, that's the snub, not Florida State. Georgia's the snub, not Florida State. And I, I, I understand you might be burned out on the SEC, but you can't make the argument the SEC is not the best football conference in the country because yeah, they are clearly. by a lot. Clearly. By a lot. Uh, Aaron Wilson, Happy New Year to you. He gifts a Monty Show membership. So, Let's go, Aaron. Appreciate you. Hero 75, I'm just wondering how soon after the championship does the NCAA drop the hammer on Michigan? I Could the NCAA being petty and drop it the next day? Now, it doesn't work like that. The NCAA has a very well-established process. They will deliver notice of allegations 
They will deliver findings. They will deliver punishment. That's the way that it works. You will not, and let's pretend, let's pretend Jimmy doesn't go to the NFL and he stays at Michigan. He's not going to be eligible to coach a game next year. By the time, because again, the note that they got a notice of allegations against Jim Harbaugh. Right. What did Jim Harbaugh promptly do? Did he issue a statement saying, my heart hurts for my constituents, my friends, my coworkers, everybody in the Michigan community because I have brought disrepute through this situation. Did he say that? No. Uh, did he make a statement? No. What did he do? He went and hired a guy named Don Yee to represent him. Do you know who Don Yee is? Don Yee is arguably the most successful representation for NFL head coaches ever. So you're so committed to Michigan. And you guys, it's it's right here in his heart, Michigan, right? It's right. That's bet, bullshit. Bet. Right? You just bet right here. He had a tap, bet, tattooed. He, he had open heart surgery during the suspension. They ripped that thing open. They cut the metal plate that covers Jim Harbaugh's heart. He's Superman, bitches, right? And he had bet tattooed right on his left atrium. The ink well, isn't a, dry yet. It was an amazing, my point is, this guy doesn't give two rips about Michigan. Jim Harbaugh cares about Jim Harbaugh. And Jim Harbaugh's going to go to the to the NFL. Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you got? I hope I never have to buy another car. Anyway, my point is, Jim Harbaugh's going to the NFL. He hired the best NFL agent for coaches. And yet, Michigan fans just go, bat. <laughs> You guys, are, you're so blind. Uh, it'll be it'll be the summer before they drop the hammer on Michigan. Uh, big blue horses would NFL mirror NCAA punishment on dad pants? They would not. No, NFL doesn't care. They would not. I believe he will get an NFL job. I believe that if you look at um, John Harbaugh's success, and, and again, speaking of supplements, if somebody could get to Jack Harbaugh. I don't know how you do it without committing a felony. And I'm not certainly suggesting that you try. Stay hard. But if you could bottle some of what he's got down and, you know, swimming around. His cock. All they do is make NFL coaches, man. That's all they do. Because John Harbaugh uh, and Jim Harbaugh have had a pretty good year. <laughs> right? That's all they do. So I'm just saying. Yeah. But he's going in the NFL. Absolutely. There's no, no doubt, doubt about it. that. Uh, all right, let's, uh, TH for $20. This should be good. All flowers to UM for the win. All flowers. Okay. Okay. Like for their, on their caskets, right? Cause it's a funeral. My only question is, did their success while cheating over the past two years allow for the depth of the team they have this year by players not leaving? Would they have stayed without that success? Super hypothetical, bro. I, and we I, talked I about this. Yeah. We, yep. we talked about this. My belief is, yes, it did. It allowed them to recruit. It allowed them to develop because guys stayed in the program longer. There's no question about that. There is, there is no doubt. If they do not beat Ohio State two years in a row, how many guys are in the draft instead of in a Michigan uniform this year? Certainly. How many more guys would have been in the portal? Because there's a lot of dudes ring chasing in the portal. I think we all know that. Yes. How many more guys would have been in the portal? 
And would we be sitting here referring to Ryan Day as Lloyd Carr if he had not lost the last three times in a row to Michigan? Did they lose because of the sign-stealing thing? My personal opinion is they did. Jim Harbaugh couldn't beat us without stealing our signs. All of a sudden, he's he's winning every big game he plays in? Program. No, I don't think so. Yeah, with, And that. with all due respect to the Frogs in Fort Worth, you're telling me TCU's better than Alabama? What happened at TCU last year? I, I, it's come on. I, I'm a realist, and and my my realism says Jim Harbaugh doesn't win those games without those signs. Just my it's opinion. Pretty logical. That's pretty straightforward. I mean, that's. Not... I think that's an an impossible question to factually answer. My opinion is Jim Harbaugh, and I think it's a great point, and it's why we brought it up months ago when this first started. He doesn't recruit at this level, and he does not retain at this level, and he does not develop his talent without winning the games that they've won. Absolutely. You, you don't. And if there is one thing I think we all agree on Jim about Jim Harbaugh, he's a fantastic salesman. Use cars or not, he's a fantastic salesman. And I also will say, having covered him one-on-one -on -one in San Francisco, he's a phenomenal developer of quarterback talent. He is. Yeah. There's no way to spin that. He is a very, very good coach of quarterbacks. And I think the the Chargers, I, 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 I again maintain the Chargers are the best spot. It's not the Bears because I don't believe the Bears are going to make wholesale changes. Trust me. So disappointing. I They're going to crush my soul by beating the Packers. Yeah, right? we're not making any changes. They're not going to make any changes. The Patriots are not hiring Jim Harbaugh. They're not. Are the Washington football team commander guys because it's garbage they're gonna make a change clearly right i mean you can go you can go up and down these situations there's options where you're gonna make changes how many of those spots is jim harbaugh fit in not a lot in my opinion not a lot ryan willie for five dollars fsu was down 30 scholarship players because of transfers and opt-outs yep we call that an excuse and it's not 30 it was 23 the number goes up every day, depending on Apparently. who the Florida State. With with all due respect, why do you think there were so many opt outs, bro? What do, what do you you think that you're just going to skip over this fat? So, asking for a friend, your Florida State and Georgia, by far the biggest non playoff bowl game, the most important, the most the game everybody was going to be watching. It's Georgia, Florida State fan. Here's what you can't get away from. How did Georgia beat you by 60 points? Do you really think it was just what happened in that game and you didn't have enough talent to be there? Okay, sure. Let me give you that at 10%. Could it have been that a ton of their recruits enrolled at Georgia in December so that they were around the football team and they got to take part in the bowl festivities and all of those extra practices? Could it have been that when Georgia got left out of the college football playoff, what did Kirby Smart and what did the players do? Did they do what Florida State did and break out the boxes of Kleenex and just cry like a bunch of, of weak-minded individuals? Because that's what they did in Tallahassee by all accounts, right? They started playing funeral music on the piano mm -hmm. and they all sat around and cried. And they got upset and they were wronged and people wrote letters and demanded budgets and... What'd they do at Georgia? Oh, they got motivated by it. And they they turned their attention 
not to next year, not to the courts. They turn their attention to Florida State. I'm the real. And they beat the hell out of Florida State. And they practice their early enrollees. I think it's 16 extra practices it was or something stupid like that. You're not a professional football team at Florida State. And you know the thing that I think made the most sense that that Dan Orlovsky, I believe, was the one who said it. And then I think just about everybody ran with it because it's exactly right. You know who's really in favor of Michigan winning that game? Yeah, it would be the college football playoff committee because it validated the fact that they put four really good teams. Michigan and, and Alabama, not only did it, it have a massive audience, massive TV audience, that was a hell of a football game. It was interesting, it was entertaining, and it was really close. Overtime. Yeah. Now, I'll also point out, what happened in the first game? Also happened in the second game. Are you going to tell me that Texas and Washington wasn't a really good game between two really good teams where I thought it was pretty clear that Washington was good until you decided to run into the, the, the kick returner and just become stupid and forget how to play football? I did. And I do. And I think the, the college football playoff validates leaving Florida State out of the college football playoff because, again, you're not beating Michigan. Florida State, you're going to lose by 60 to Georgia, and I think you'd have lost by 59 to Michigan because Michigan's that guy, dude. He is him. That Michigan football team is way too physical for Florida State. Absolutely. So we, so we can all sit here and we can say, oh, Florida State, those, those poor little victims in the panhandle. Keep filing your lawsuits, man. Keep going after the ACC. And, and this thing with the ACC, <laughs> this is hysterical to me. Because not only, not only are you in court, you freely admit you couldn't find your way out of the, the ACC grant of rights. That's the one talking point that I'm amazed most people have not brought forward. You couldn't find a loophole. You couldn't find your way out. So what did Florida State say? Yeah, we're going to sue. We don't, and, and again, I know it's crazy, Michigan fan, you're going to relate. We don't like the rules when they're applied to us, so we're going to sue. And I'm just asking again, did you not read the grant of rights before you signed it? Apparently not. Did you not know what you were reading? Do you have a reading comprehension problem? Because when you sign the original grant of rights and then you sign the extension, did you not see in, in all the numbers where people are like, oh my God, Monty, can you believe it's $500 million to get out? Yeah. You know why I believe it? Because it's in black and white. And guess what? What else is in black and white? The signature of Florida State is in I'm black screwed. and white. So I, I'm asking, even with all the numbers, even with all the numbers, $572 million to leave the ACC without a legal victory or settlement, it would forfeit $429 million in media rights through 2036, but forfeit, that's your decision. And this is where the billion-dollar number comes from, right? Because if, if you, and I'm not trying to indict Don't nobody. Don't go crazy now. 500 and 400 is 900 million, 72 and 29. That's about another, it's a billion dollars. Oh. Did you not know those numbers? Oh, you did. 
So I'll ask the same thing that I asked about the Pac-12, about Michigan, about all these crazy situations. You either knew, Jim Harbaugh, that you were stealing signs. Okay, so you did know, oh, you're fired for being a cheater. Oh, you didn't know you're fired for a lack of institutional control. So ACC, let me apply those same rules you hate so much to you. Oh, you did read the contract, so you knew all the numbers. Okay, you're fired for incompetence because you're the one that handcuffed you, not the ACC. Pack your shit. Let's go. And you can keep trying to blame it on ESPN. ESPN didn't handcuff you. You did. You read the grant of rights, and you happily signed it. And you read the extension, and you happily signed it. Oh, you did read it. You signed it. Okay, so you're just now admitting you're a terrible business person. Got it. Oh, you didn't read it. So you didn't know about the billion dollars and you didn't know that it was to like 2156 AD that you're locked into this grant of rights. You're incompetent and they should sue you, not ESPN in the conference. Jackass. So which one is it? I, I ask straightforward asking for a friend. Which one is it? Because we can keep doing this garbage over and over yeah, and, and over again. This is the again. best point, dude. Or you can be held accountable for this decisions you made that are crippling your football program right now. And I really think people are coming around to this strategy that we've been seeing rolled out the last like five years. Oh, we don't like the rules applied to us, so we're going to sue. I feel like people are starting to come around to, hey, great, sue, but you have nothing to sue us on. And so let's go. They're calling their bluff. They called Michigan's bluff. They're going to call Florida State's bluff. Like, we're we're good. Like, like you can huff and puff, but it's not going to change anything, man. And it, and it's it's OG Gary. This is exactly what's going to be my next comment. Jordan Travis said the team was so good without him. Yeah, we found out what your definition of good is, Florida State and Jordan Travis. <laughs> you lost by the biggest margin ever in a bowl game. Ever in a bowl game. Come on, man. It, it, it's mm-mm. Jack Harrington. I hope FSU's lawyers opt out. It, it, I don't, how do you win this case? I, I don't know. You got to come up with a story. You got to come up with a hypothetical. I'll just fall back on my track record. Again, what did I tell you about Washington and the, the other nine exiting members of the PAC 12? You should have gone to court and you should have made a better argument, but you didn't. So you lost. Well, you did make a better argument because you didn't have one. Okay, great. If you're Michigan, I said this exact thing about Michigan. What you should have said is, hey, they're punishing the coach, not the institution. The coach has said he doesn't know anything about it. That's why this penalty of suspending him and all that invalid. Oh, you can't do that because a mountain of new evidence was presented that showed allegedly that Jim Harbaugh knew about it. Uh, (laughs) You know. So I'm just asking Florida State, What's your argument here? Because as somebody that fancies myself should have, could have, would have won and now regret not being a lawyer and just asking some friends of mine in the TV industry, nobody seems to know what the valid argument beyond the fact of we're not making as much money as the guys down in Gainesville. Okay. So that's how it's going to be. Because their argument quite literally in the, in the brief that they filed, Their argument is that the grant of rights is unfair. 
Oh, wait, 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 wait. I, I, I know you were just joking when you just said that because we haven't, we've never heard the word unfair before, right? When's the last time you heard the word unfair? It's missing the college football playoff was not the, the, the main reason to file the suit. Florida State said it was the last straw. The board of, of governors at Florida State felt the university could simply not wait any longer to take action as Florida State has been working on its legal argument since the summer. So, again, I, I'm just naive little Monty over here. Little Monty. Little Monty. You're paying lawyers because it. this was filed in December. Let's just give them the benefit of the doubt. June 21st, first day of summer. Took you six, seven months to come up with an argument? An argument. Um, because you don't have an argument. I told you back in the in the the Pac-12, I believe the day that Utah left the Pac-12, we told you this on the show. Our sources were telling us Florida State has caved. They know they don't have a loophole in the contract, the grant of rights that they've been trying to get out of with a bunch of their ACC compatriots for like seven years. And you signed an extension in that so period. Wait, let me get this right. We've graduated from it took you six months to come up with an argument to now it took you seven years to come up with a way out and an argument. Dude, uh, again, this word unfair is incredible to me. Washington came came to representatives for Washington, the 10 who left the Pac-12, came to their court day and said, gosh, it's just unfair, and, you know, we're getting screwed. And now what do I hear? Florida State, gosh, it's just unfair. We're getting screwed. Dude, tell me without telling me you have no argument. Tell me without telling me you signed a contract, you don't like the contract, you want out of the contract, yet you have no way out of the damn contract. The like, filing, deal with it. according to Florida State's legal team, quote, <laughs> Their grounds are, quote, unreasonable restraint of trade in the state of Florida. They argue the grant of rights and withdrawal penalty, quote, operate in a way that prevents Florida State from competing and making the highest, best use of its media rights. Then That's why, why you, you signed sign an agreement, deal, bro. Why'd you sign the deal? You quite literally have a grant of rights, so you can't go play on anybody else's network. Do you view this season as a failure? <laughs> what? Operate in a way that prevents Florida State from competing. We get it. You're not supposed to compete. You're supposed to win in the ACC. The re it restrains the trade thereof, which directly and adversely impacts not just Florida State, but all its student athletes, coach staff. This is the exact same argument that the <laughs> exiting 10 members made. Sorry. I just, you know, and again, little old Jakey Two Holes over here, you know, I, it's just me. But I'm just going out on a limb and saying, Wild. if you stole Washington's argument, essentially, why did you steal that? They lost. You're losing to the point where we know you caved. Like, what are you doing here? How is it that how is it that we as talk show hosts and you as, you know, fans and viewers and spectators, how is it that we are not paid legal uh, authorities, paid legal professionals. Yeah, hire me and pay me what you like, pay your lawyers. Like, how is it that you're paying these people to come up with it's unfair? I've never understood that about this whole thing. Quote, 
it's unfair the position that we've been put in. Oh, excuse me, the position we put ourselves in. Like, I don't understand how that's the best argument. How about how about this? How about this? How about you say, hey, so yeah, we did sign the deal, but here's everything that's happening. And then be creative as a lawyer. Tell a story, like create a situation. Like a, that's sales, bro. A person in the know Man. sends me a text message that now, dude. <laughs> yeah i work i i i hate disappearing messages we still never talk sometimes so this one particular person that i know that works at the top of the tv industry somehow has a messaging app that when he texts you it disappears so you're left talking to yourself. Literally, our text message window just is me asking questions of myself. Not the real. You know. But his point is, he said, Monty, do you do you realize nobody has ever gone to court to try and break a grant of rights because they're all boilerplate templates that are unbreakable? Nobody's ever won because nobody has ever tried because there's no way to win. And even if they win, there's no winning because they are going to forfeit half a billion dollars minimum. Bet you weren't expecting this one. Half a billion Poor dollars. Poor USMU? It's, it's, it's going to be wild. Uh, UW fan Jim, DeBoer greater than Lanning. Stop. Stop. Uh, and Sark, what about Harp? Why do we do this? Now, UW fans, you're going to the national championship. I get it. Yeah. Kalen DeWar is a hell of a head coach. You wouldn't be where you are now without Steve Sarkeesian and stop denying that. I love that everybody at, at UW is like, he was a drunk when he was here. Okay, great. Would you be where you are right now without Steve Sarkeesian? Um, no, go ahead. Uh, the answer is no, you would not. No, you... We don't need to do DeBoer greater than Lanning. We don't need to do that. Has he is has did he beat Dan Lanning twice this year? He did. But does that mean that Dan Lanning's a bad coach? It doesn't. Does that mean that Steve Sarkeesian's not the coach that Kalen DeBoer is? No, I would take I would take Steve Sarkeesian over DeBoer. I know you hate it. I would. I would. Mm -hmm. And no, I don't think that Jim Harbaugh's a good head football coach. I do not. I don't. I think Jim Harbaugh is one of the most overrated college football coaches ever. Ever. And the 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 true indicator of that, what are his relationships like when he leaves somewhere? What are they at San Diego? What are they at Stanford? What are they at San Francisco? Go ask any of those places. Do they miss him? They don't. They do not. And what happens when he leaves? Usually nothing good. And what and and Michigan fan again, not for nothing. When Jim Harbaugh goes to the NFL this offseason, what kind of shape is he gonna leave Michigan in? Cause you're going to get crushed. You're going to get crushed. Yes, you are. Michigan, you're not getting a free pass because you went to court. You went as far to make public filings defending this guy. You're not getting a free pass on that. You're not. I but you shouldn't. You shouldn't. I, I don't have Jim. I have no problem with you defending Kalen DeBoer. I don't. I think there's no defending or touting Kalen DeBoer. Talking your junk. But the Lanning Sark Harbaugh thing, why do that? Why do, he hasn't 
do you understand that he has not achieved anything extraordinary yet? If he wins a national championship, okay, that's extraordinary. But merely playing for a national championship is not extraordinary. It's not. Did he beat a really good Texas team? He did. But the the hard part for that I think a lot of people don't want to embrace, just because you beat Steve Sarkeesian, does that make you a better coach than him? It does not. Just because you beat Dan Lanning twice, are you a better coach than Dan? Sure. Okay, I'll concede that one. Just because Alabama's center couldn't snap the football and you beat them that day, does that make you a better head coach than Nick Saban? So Jim Harbaugh is a better head coach than Nick Saban. I'm not – you're never going to hear me agree to that because I just don't buy it. Uh, Matthew gives us $20. How about West Virginia beating UNC? Good win. West Virginia could be sneaky team in the Big 12 next oh, year. Oh, what are you talking about, man? Oh, but what about the opt-outs? <clears throat> um, <clears throat> I've never seen a fan base so upset that a head coach didn't get whacked. We're in the we're in the hotel. Uh, what was that? In St. George. We're in the hotel. No, it was in Vegas. It was in Vegas. So we're in it Las was, Vegas. It, it, Vegas, 100% yeah, Vegas. We were in Vegas going up the elevator, and a West Virginia fan gets in the damn elevator. A husband and wife West Virginia fan. Yeah. Get in the elevator with us. I wasn't interrupting you. I was just merely saying yeah. a middle-aged yeah. West Virginia wearing West Virginia gear the Bad, whole night. Vast, the whole deal. Hey man, you guys got to be happy about your season. What do you think the wife said? Not the husband. The wife. The wife. Ah, Neil Brown's gonna survive another year. <laughs> <laughs> It's it was like on command, dude. Like just auto answer. It was amazing that that was her answer. Oh my God. Like, come on, man. Cougar track says, uh, lost days and nights in Vegas. Many, seriously, many, seriously, many lost days and nights. Uh, Laguerre, Ryan Laguerre, Bama had 18, five stars on the roster. Most ever they did. And the center who couldn't snap the football. Yeah. He won't be back next year. He's in the portal. I, I will continue also to tout on these comments. The the star system in this country is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It is bought and paid for. Has nothing, almost nothing to do with what you do on the field. Now, can you be a five-star and be terrible? You can't. Can you be a three-star and somehow when you're, you're good, but all of a sudden, how did that kid get to be a five-star? We know how. Recruiting services. That's how. Uh, Hero 75 for $10. Florida State plan seems to be to get a friendly judge who is an alumni uh, and then try to get enough dirt or embarrassing items about the ACC that can be leaked to it leaked in discovery to force the ACC to make a deal to allow them to leave. And immediately the ACC filed a, a countersuit. There will not be... The ACC's not playing, dude. Like the ACC, the problem is everybody at Florida State wants to make this argument that somehow, oh, the ACC it was dirty. The deal, no, it wasn't. The deal was not dirty. Do you think anything happens in the ACC without Florida State and Clemson knowing, without North Carolina knowing? No, it doesn't actually. No, it doesn't. There was no backhanded under table. Come on, dude. Stop. And I think so many people at Florida State want to, 
we got, you guys, can you believe the injustice? Can you believe the great state school of that vaunted, vaunted state of Florida where Coach Prime went to college football and NFL greatness? Can you believe how much backhanded BS went on to damage us? Us personally, just Florida State. Nobody else in the conference has been damaged by this. Just us here in the little handle of the pan in the state of Florida, where Disney is now thriving. But that's not the point. We at Florida State singularly are victims. And they forced us to lose this game by 60 points, the largest bull loss ever in the why Florida State? <laughs> it's us that they're after. You sent? Did you guys sign the grant of rights? Well, yeah. I knew today would be shitty. Did you? Did you read it? Uh. uh all right. Cross examination. Uh, counsel for the ACC. <coughs> hey, uh, Florida State Bigwood. Did you guys read the uh, grant of rights before you signed it? Yes, we did. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Move for summary judgment. Granted. All right. Thanks. <laughs> What other question are you going to ask? You read the document that you signed not once, but twice. That's the damning thing. Oh, but you guys, you guys have nudie pictures. You're on the Epstein list. But did you read and sign the grant of rights? Yeah. Summary judgment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, Coach Prime read it on our behalf. Governor DeSantis approved it. Fucking Cole Beasley. Approved Cole Beasley read it and approved it. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, Ryan Willie. It also states that ESPN can walk away from the ACC in 2027. Mm -hmm. Okay. What does that mean for Florida What's State? That got to do with the price of look, China. Look, why can't we walk away? Because you signed the grant of rights, right? But ESPN can walk away, right? They they're the ones who made the deal. With and it's the, very powerful with you that you signed and read and stuff. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, remember, you're under oath. Okay. Like what? I don't oh. know what the argument in. And I know you guys think I'm being simplistic and you probably think, but it's literally that simple. That's Bonnie. Thing. You're being mean spirited over here. Seminole nation, rock chalk, Jayhawk. Like um, that's what you guys will say. You'll be like, you're just, you hate Florida state. I actually don't hate Florida state. I do not. Chris Wanky be damned. I, I can I, can I tell you how many in my young cub reporter covering the Raiders in Sacramento? Do you know how many conversations I had with Seabass about Florida state? A lot. A lot. I don't hate Florida State. I hate people that sue because they don't like the rules being applied to them. Here I am. <laughs> Did you guys read and then sign the grant of rights? Well, yeah. Did you read and then sign the extension? And again, I understand it's 2157 <laughs> AD. Did you read and sign the extension? Um. <laughs> I plead the Fifth Amendment. I want my guns. I'm pleading the Fifth Amendment. That's the Second Amendment, sir. I didn't read the Bill of Rights either. I meant, uh, uh, I, Your Honor, can I have a recess? So-called experts. <laughs> That's what this is going to be. That's what this is going to be. Yes. Because I don't see any other way out of it. I don't see any other way out of it. Mike Smith, DeSantis is not the reason. Well, look, 
I gave it to our governor and he told me he was going to be president. And That's then bullshit. now we're suing everybody. Like, <laughs> I don't know what you do. I, the governor, the governor earmarked what a million dollars a couple of weeks ago. What do we do? A million dollars. Didn't we just announce we have the largest debt ever? Yeah. Let's just throw a million dollars into the fire. <laughs> you know, where's that state investigation going? I don't know either. <laughs> it's wild. Jerk D's. <laughs> okay. Dude, what kind of name is that, bro? The CAC. Uh, Michigan will bully Penix like everyone else. Facts. You have no team. Uh, well, I think Washington has a team. I mean, what does that mean? You dude's name. Look, jerk D's. I, I don't. And you can call yourself jerk Deezy all you want. And I'm, I'm here for it. Oh, it's better for the show. Dude. I hated that, bro. Scott. <laughs> I don't oh. even try to hide the fact that I'm a Notre Dame fan and we don't compete for anything but dead girlfriends. Right. Like, that's wow, it. That's all. Bro. <clears throat> Somebody sent me a DM the other day before we get back to DZ. Um, somebody <laughs> sent me a somebody sent me a DM the other day. And they were like, hey Monty, wanted to make sure you saw this, bro. Did you got did you see that? Your new head coach at Notre Dame has the most wins, tied for the most wins with everybody that's Notre ever Dame coached. Mother. Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, all the glory, bro. Play like a champion next year. <laughs> like, he can't count to 11 on defense against Ohio State. Why do I care how many the guys? <laughs> so he's got all these wins. That means he's got, we're stacking natties everywhere. We're like, we're like, we're Jameis Winston in Florida State getting crab, right? Yeah, natty lights. Whoa, <laughs> Natty Lights. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, the Monty Show, hour number two, presented by TridayTrading.com. Whew. Back in the new year, no better way to make money than TridayTrading.com. And I tell everybody because it seems like lately a lot of us have been focused on being stuck. It's it's so funny. We We took some time over the holiday to... Talk about where we are versus where we're going versus where we want to be. And I went to dinner with a a good friend of mine in Los Angeles. And what do you think they were talking about? Well, where are we, but where do we want to be? And everybody talks about, well, we need money to do this or we need, it always comes down to, can you afford to move here, to open that, to buy this, right? That's where we're all at. Whether you hate your job or you're pissed, you got to go back to the office, whatever it is. Think about what that is in in your your mind right now. I'm tired of being in school, tridaytrading.com. I'm tired of fighting my credit card debt, tridaytrading.com. I'm tired of student loan debt. I'm tired of paying. I I got a friend of mine that lives in Los Angeles that's paying like $50 million a month in rent, tridaytrading.com. It's not the greatest economic situation in the world right now. But if I told you, Triday Trading will give you a 30-day trial membership and all you have to do is make a $10 charitable donation to get their entire program for free for 30 days. You give $10 to charity. In fact, the process is you give it to Triday Trading. They have a a charity they designate every month where all their trial memberships go. You give them 10 bucks. They give it to charity. So stop talking about your New Year's resolution. This is the year I'm going to pay off my credit card debt. Right after I buy another case of 
Bucked up. Natty Light. Bucked up's fine, too. Stop making New Year's resolution <clears throat> arguments. Stop telling me that you were going to do this, but you'll have to wait till next year. Do it right now. Go live your dreams. Go chase your money. Go get it done. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Make sure you tell me you heard about it. On the Monty Show. Uh, let's run through a few of these. Um, Jim Choi, Penix Jr. is the cool hand Luke. Okay. I mean, he's the best player in college football. Mm -hmm. but we can put that argument to bed. And if I'm the Chicago Bears who have the number one pick, yeah, I'm still trading Justin Fields. Just my opinion. Uh, I'm not taking Caleb Williams. I'm taking Michael Penix Jr. And this is why we should not have the Heisman Trophy until after the college football playoff. Absolutely. Because Michael Penix Jr. is the best football player in college football, period. That's it. I'm telling you now. He is the best player in college football. Uh, Drew Dozer, the prophet. Well. Fist pump. What's up? What's uh, up, dude? Eric Wasikowski from hey, Plymouth Canton. Hey, Wasikowski. The hate tears really are delicious. Go blue. The hate tears. God, you're a Michigan fan. That's right. That's right. <laughs> See, and the, the sad thing is, as a Notre Dame fan, I actually respect Michigan a lot. I don't hate Michigan. I can't stand Jim Harbaugh. I think he is the scourge of college football. I think if you are hoping Jim Harbaugh stays at Michigan, you should get therapy. Nobody should get therapy. Uh, UW fan Jim, I like Lanning and Sark is okay just saying DeBoer is better. I Cool. That's your opinion. He's not a better football coach than Steve Sarkeesian. He is not achieved at. He is not accomplished. I don't even know that I would say that after he wins a national championship. I think what Sark has been through in his growth and development and the program he's built at Texas, I have a hard time saying that you lose your best running back, you're arguably your most important player, and you still go to the college football playoff. It, it, the depth he's built there is, is amazing. Uh, Mike Smith, the power of Penix compels you. Do you know what that's a reference to? The Exorcist. Hey, look at that. <clears throat> Two holes. Yay. I love it. Uh, Sean Rollins, Mike Wizowski. Okay. Mike Wazowski. Aaron Wilson, Taj Brooks for Heisman. Dude, he's not even in the top one. That's bullshit. Yeah, come on now. Uh, Marley Nuggs, that's a lie. Exactly. <laughs> the, the test determined, that's a lie. Yeah. Uh, Scott of Greywater Watch. I totally agree, Monty. Heisman vote should definitely be after the playoffs. I think it's, it is brutal. I think it is brutal that it's that it's before. I, I think it robs guys like it Penix. It lacks context because it's before. It lacks, you know, the the real nature of the game. Like, it's cool. It's cool that he did what he did at LSU. That's cool. That's fine. You can put up numbers. That's cool. But what did you really do? Anything? Did you see that Brian Kelly fired his entire defensive staff? As he should have. Today? As he should have. Those buyouts are... And, and I think it's important to note they were 10 and three and he fired his entire defensive staff, which is wild that they fired their entire defensive staff. But looking at, at Jaden Daniels, Jaden Daniels, 3,812 yards passing, 1,134 yards rushing. And did I mention he had 50 touchdowns? Michael Penix Jr. is a better quarterback. He is the best player in college football. Even going up against those numbers. And that's my problem with the Heisman. Like it's such a stat-based award. Like we should be we should be saying, okay, like getting into the playoff 
should really be like a prerequisite of the Heisman. Like we shouldn't even be talking about dudes whose team is not in the college football playoff. Even dude, even in an expanded era, we should not be talking about you if your team's not in the college football playoff. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, Marley Nugs, what's up, Marley? Y'all hate Michigan more than anything. Y'all still crying about us. I don't hate Michigan. I can't stand Jim Harbaugh. And I think he is, again, I think he is a blight and an embarrassment on the face as of much Michigan, as you the think, University of Michigan. As much as you think we hate Michigan, you deny everything that he's done. So you can say we hate Michigan, but you're drinking the Kool-Aid to just as much of an extent. I, yeah. I mean, so it's fine. I, I don't personally hate Michigan as a brand. I love the I hockey either. program. Love what they do on the basketball court. Like, I don't like that the first time in however long since before I can even remember you're competing for a national championship on the back of a cheating scandal. If this was on the back of like, uh, you know, a P and L sheet issue where you got paid all this extra money or something that doesn't necessarily affect the game. I wouldn't even be, we wouldn't even be talking about no. it, but but there's a reason that everyone's talking about it. It has nothing to do. Don't don't fool yourself, Michigan fan. And that's kind of the arrogance that I think is just blasting through this comment. You think that we're talking about this because Michigan is amazing and Michigan is like this grand thing. We're not talking about it because of that. We're talking about it because it's a disgrace what the evidence says you did what your head coach perpetrated, what your staff perpetrated. So that's it. It's not that we hate Michigan. If if Alabama did this, we'd be saying the same thing because it's unacceptable. And by the way, it would be worse if Alabama did this because, and I know you're going to find this shocking, Nick Saban's actually done something in college football. You know, the, what is it, six national championships he has, the extended dominance of the game. To throw all of that away on a cheating scandal would have been incredible, but yeah. we're not. And I, I I just think that Jim Harbaugh is so destructive. That that's the issue with Jim Harbaugh. It's not that it's not the pick the violation he's accused of. Meeting with kids during the COVID period. I I believe that significant names met with kids during the COVID period. It's not that you overworked your coaches. I cannot, I probably would call more than an acquaintance, friends, a hundred college football assistant coaches. They all work way more than they're allowed to work. It, do you know how many college coaches go to summer seven on sevens or go to like, you're not supposed to do that, but you're going and why is that? Because if you don't go, you're going to miss what your competition's not missing because they're going. Okay, so he went, he met with kids. Okay, uh, yeah, he overworked his coaches. Okay, but then you get into this, let's watch workouts on Zoom. All right, well, now we're not just doing one thing or and overworking coaches. They kind of overworked that. Now we're doing three things. Well, then you were asked about it and you were deceptive and at worst you lied about it. And then you kind of dodged meetings allegedly and it just keeps going. And then the Matt Weiss FBI investigation and it just keeps going. And then this whole sign stealing thing and everybody's like, oh, he didn't know. And then a mountain of evidence where you dropped a lawsuit you'd filed for a, a, a restraining order 
in front of um, a guy who played football at Michigan and went to Michigan law, a judge, you said, yeah, we're going to have to pull that little request for your time, sir, (coughs) because there's so much evidence that says it was systematic. And then what he did at San Francisco and the way he treated people at Stanford and just, I mean, he's just an asshole. Yeah. He's not a good person. In my opinion, he's not a maker of men. He is a destruction. He is a, he erodes people's confidence. He erodes people's want to and burns like you look at the way that football players have to be to succeed. Aiden Hutchinson. If Aiden Hutchinson plays for Jim Harbaugh for five, six, seven years, he's not the motor he is now. Like you, you, you look at guys like Alex Smith for crying out loud, Patrick Willis. You look at the guys who played for and around Jim Harbaugh, and inevitably he is that grinder that eventually gets right in front of your face, and you either let him take your nose or you walk away. And you, he's. He's just toxic. The guy is, Yeah. you want nothing to do with it. You want nothing to do with that guy at all. Uh, Sean Rollins gifted five Monty Show memberships. Let's go. Let's go Love Sean. that. Appreciate that. Um, all right. I know we have a lot of comments. Let me bump down a little bit. Uh, and Larry Bird, so was it? So is Draymond. Marley. What the hell? How, what, did, how did this happen? make the show today? I have no idea. Uh, Tanner Plummer, like Jake said, Drew Dozer, the prophet getting the college football playoff should be part of a Heisman metric. Could it give, could give it to the best player of the national title team? Dude, I think if Michael Penix Jr. wins the national championship, that would be the cherry on top. I maintain strongly. Jane Daniels had a great season. He did not do what Michael Penix Jr. did. He did not have to play the schedule, the grinder, the, he just did. He's the best player in college football. Absolutely. He deserved the award. He deserves the award. Eric Wasikowski. So next Monday, how long are you guys going to cry for? Cry about what? I agree about Harbaugh, but they should hire the the Kansas coach. So what would I be crying about if they win? That'd be Tuesday. The game's Monday, Eric. I know. Yeah, I, I know you're a Lions fan, and that's a little no, rough, no, no, but, no. Know. I know you're a Red Wings fan, <laughs> so you don't know about winning. But they, I, I will not. You will not hear me cry about Michigan winning a national championship. I just started the show by saying again, this. don't, don't get confused, Wasikowski, or any other drinker of the blue Kool Aid. Don't get confused. This is not a we hate Michigan as a brand conversation. No. Michigan as a brand is historic. Michigan as a brand is iconic. Michigan as a brand is one of the best brands we have in all of college athletics, and that's not even in dispute. I I think if you ask even the most, you know, uh, biased of Michigan haters, you're a hater for a reason. But the point more is that, hey, Jim Harbaugh did it the wrong way. And we have evidence to back that up, not only through his career and his time, you know, NFL, college, what, you know, everything we've laid out here, not only through that route, but through actual hard evidence. We've got pictures, videos, you know, we've got financial transactions, like we've got everything. It says what happened, happened. So we're not crying 
But the reality of the situation is there's a conversation we had about this. Guys who come into the college football system again, wreck the system, leave for the league. That's a problem for college football. Yeah. And and honestly, I'd rather have Nick Saban winning every year and doing it the right way than be talking about some some you know clown show in Ann Arbor, man. It's a joke. And I, I think it's an interesting contrast between Kalen DeBoer and Jim Harbaugh. Because you don't hear Kalen DeBoer. You don't hear from, you don't hear about, you don't hear stories of. They just win games. That's at least what they did this year. And it's probably fitting because the Pac-12 is on their way out the door. But you, you, Jim Harbaugh is the story, which is exactly how he likes it. And I, I think it's, it's why I would be very hesitant as an NFL owner to hire him as my head coach. Because it's not like he was beloved in San Francisco. And, and I mean, the guy quite literally walked out the door with the, the house on fire and threw a can of gasoline back behind him. That's who he is. And I think when you look at, when you look at Michigan, and I, I think any Michigan fan, you, you, even the most ardent supporter of Jim Harbaugh and Michigan football, when he leaves, you're done. You, you, he is going to leave you in shambles. You are going to lose a significant amount of the talent that's there. You are going to lose probably most of his assistance. I can't believe that you would, if you're an assistant under Jim Harbaugh, I can't believe you would take that job. Uh, because you are you are likely looking at multiple seasons without postseason play. You are looking at the inability to recruit. They are going to clap back against Michigan administration because you don't say the things that you said about the Big Ten and the NCAA. And you don't try to skirt the NCAA's reach the way that Jim Harbaugh and Michigan did over the summer and think that they're just going to let you go because Jim's not there anymore. That's, that is, in my mind, right. that is really unrealistic. Really unrealistic. Very, very unrealistic. Uh, Mike Smith, a member of the show for five months. Let's go, Mike. Penix is just so impressive with his deep ball accuracy. It's also amazing how little he gets sacked. They continue to be the underdog, but continue to win. Hard not to pull for them. They're a very easy team to root for. Well, and we'll talk all about it as the week progresses, obviously. But but I think that the the my early thing here, item of focus, if I'm Washington in the middle of this week preparing, is winning it in the trenches on the offensive side. If you can protect him, you're going to win this ball game. But if he's mm-hmm. running around constantly, and and you know Michigan's going to play zone, and they're going to bring five all night then, you know, yeah, that's that, you know, that could be a problem for you. But if you can protect him and give him what three and a half seconds, you're going to be in a great place. That's all you have to do. I think if you're a, uh, a Michigan fan, the thing that concerns you so much is the depth at wide receiver, the talent at wide receiver, and they're they're They just lack the, the, the need to run to win. That's that's the thing that really worries you. And I think you look at, you know, like who was the most dominant? Probably Mason Graham was the most dominant lineman mm-hmm. against Alabama. Like, but you look at the numbers. I mean, they're the pass rush at Michigan 
And the disguise that Michigan uses to get to the quarterback is elite. It is probably behind Georgia. It's probably the second best schematics X and O wise getting to the quarterback in college football. I think that much of that defense. And I think the way that guys like, I don't know, Junior Colson had a, a particularly standout game. Um, but you look at the the linebackers, you look at the safeties, you look at the way they, they have an ability because of their dominant pass rush to creep those safeties down. You're not going to be able to do that against Washington. And I think Michael Penix, the one thing that worries you is he has that extra half second step and throw that so many college quarterbacks have to get rid of before they succeed in the NFL against a, a really good defensive front. That's a vulnerability. So we'll see. Kalen DeBoer has been fantastic going game to game, making adjustments in their offense. I think their depth and their ability at, in at Washington, their depth at wide receiver gives them the ability to play with their route trees and their combinations. And, and what that means is you can run two guys straight up the hash and at 15 yards, they're going to go in different directions. And you're going to have to have elite communication on the back of that defense. But where's that defense going to be? That defense is going to be 20 yards from the line of scrimmage. So you are going to be very susceptible to play action. You're going to be very susceptible to read options. You're going to be very susceptible to screen passes. Like the things that Michael Penix has shown you he is good at, especially under pressure, with the, the depth at wide receiver and the route combinations that Washington is capable of putting on the field. Michigan's going to have to come up with a scheme and you're going to have to win man on man up front. Absolutely. You're going to have to be able to get after the quarterback with four down linemen. And Michigan's got the talent to do that. You're not going to be able to fire your linebackers in the hole because the quarterback can't get a snap right. You're not going to be able to fire those corners off the edge because the, the quarterback's got really one wide receiver he can count on. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. This was an issue for Texas because Xavier Worthy was not himself in that game. And you, again, I go to DeBoer versus Sark. The one thing that you can say about, about Washington is they've got the most depth at wide receiver in the skill positions, I think, in the playoff. And it is Michael Penick's ability to throw into double coverage is elite. Because he doesn't have to worry about, nah, I'm going to float that ball high and wide. He doesn't float footballs. He puts them on a rope, and he puts them right in the basket. And they're easy to catch. And I, and I, and I think that's the thing that, you know, again, I, I after the Bama game with Michigan, I fully respect Michigan's physicality. Fully respect their ability to kick your ass up front. I, I believe in that. You know, if you can do it against Bama, you definitely can do it against Washington. No doubt. But I think your point about, Hey, the the difference in quarterback play between Bama and Washington is significant. And and mm. the idea that it's not just a thing, it's not like, oh, well, this guy can outrun us, you know, when we're playing, you know, 20 yards off the line of scrimmage. It's not just that he can run around, because he can, but he he his ability to he's just so accurate. It it almost doesn't matter whether it's a you know a 10-yard ball or a 55-yard ball, it's gonna be right there. On his guy's hands, not on your hands, even if you're all over his guy. And that's what I think is so fascinating. So if it comes down to, hey, it's, it's you know, 24-21, 
two minutes to go, one timeout, and Penix has got to go down the field. I like Washington's odds. I do, because that's what this dude does. And they score in every quarter, and they have all year. And they've done it. Like, And if you're a Michigan fan, go find the YouTube highlights of Washington-Oregon game one. Mm-hmm. Not game two. Go find game one. Because the way that Washington operated in game one was vastly different than game two. And you're going to see that they have the ability to play different styles. Now, obviously, Dylan Johnson's status for this game, and Kalen DeBoer says he's going he's gonna to play. I don't know how effective he can be, and I think that's a big deal for them. But I, I also think, you know, the way that, that everybody talks about Roma Dunsey, you got to start talking about Jalen Polk on a higher level. Yeah. Because I just think the, the guy just does not get the love that he deserves. And I think it is it is going to be very interesting to see how and where you deploy that combination of wide receiver. When Adunzi and Polk are in the same are on the same side, you like they I I love the formations that you get out of that Washington offense. And I love what they force you to do on defense. It, it is, it it is a thing of beauty to watch. It is. It, it is. It is really. Hmm. And it's why they are where they are because without, obviously, without Penix delivering, none of that matters. But Penix has to have something to deliver to, and I think that's why they are in the you know the final. Uh, Doctor Detroit Jesse Minter will handle uh, Penix. Nobody has handled Penix. So this idea, and I I see a lot of Michigan fans on, on my Twitter, and I get an enormous amount of DMs, and every Michigan fan's like, wait until Penix feels our heat. And it's like, okay, well, Michael Penix, if you go look at his game log, there you can say a lot of things about the Pac-12. That was a a one of the most difficult conference schedules in the country, if not the most difficult. You look at his. Last two games against one of the best defenses in the country, he put up 430 yards and two touchdowns with the best defensive front that he had seen. I'll remind you, he was 29 of 38 against Texas. Oregon, 27 of 39. So again, right at 70%. 319, a touchdown and interception. Utah, inarguably one of the best defensive fronts in the country. 24 of 42. So he only completes 57%. They're going to lose that game, right? No, they're not going to lose that game. Uh, he went for 332 and two touchdowns. See, that's what's dangerous, dude. So it's dangerous. And I look at his bigger games. They were all against the better teams they faced. 302, four scores against Oregon the first time. 360 four touchdowns. 363 against Arizona. But, I mean, it's not an accident. And I think... When you say things like Jesse Minter will handle Penix, you're not trying to handle Penix. Michael Penix, and I hope that Michigan fan grasps this, because I know Jesse Minter does. You don't try to stop the quarterback, especially a guy who doesn't run for a living. The thing that I think helps you against Michael Penix is he's not Jalen Milrow. You don't have to worry about him and spy him and, the problem is he's the best passing quarterback you've seen in the last not one but two years. You've not faced a quarterback who can pass the way that Michael Penix has. 
and will. So what you need to worry about is, is minimizing the damage that he does. Do not give up explosive plays. Just don't fucking do it. Because if you give up, if you let those big over-the-top catches, the thing that, that Washington's done is they've controlled their, their third-down situations. So a lot of people like to say they stay ahead of the chains, Monty. They're in third and less than five on a regular basis. And you know why? Because they're incredibly productive on second down. And those, those second and eights where they pick up 27, those are the ones that just kill you. Yeah. And Michael Penix has that ability. Now, again, how effective will they run the football? You're probably not going to be that effective. And they're not a team that loves the, the A-gap. They don't run inside very much anyway. If they're able to get two, three yards a carry, Washington's going to win this game by 10 points. If you're Michigan, hold them under 100 yards rushing, and you had better not give up explosive plays, especially on the boundary, because you cannot defend Washington Washington deep balls against the sideline. I They have not in any way, shape, or form had a team this year, that entire schedule, including Oregon and, and, uh, Oregon and Utah, Nobody has defended his deep ball down the sideline. And everybody knows it's coming. It, I mean, it's what they do, right? His mm-hmm. best throws are not over the middle. Yeah, there's plenty of tape on this guy. <laughs> Where are his best throws? On the boundary. And he still gets them every single game. Every single game. Against, not arguably, one of the best defenses in the country in Oregon. One of the best defenses in the country, Utah. One of the best defenses in the country, Texas, and he just keeps throwing them. And Texas has gifted runners, by the way, on defense, like guys who can burn. And the and again, how was how was Texas's coverage? Well, the best highlights are are I mean, they're in their jock, dude. Yeah, dude's wearing his jersey. <laughs> like, and what are you what gonna saying, do about dude, it? Penix puts it where his guy can catch it, and where you're not going to get it. That's the difference. So. I don't know. I I get it. We, we we're evangelizing for Penix. He deserves that praise. I agree with it. But I I want to understand a how Michigan is going to run with Washington outside. I'm a little concerned about that. Yep. Because all Washington needs is half step, one step, and they he's got you. So that's number one. But then to your point, number two. So if you're having to, so Michigan's probably going to roll out in the first series against Washington, playing deep cover two, let's see what you're going to do. You know, two safeties, three linebackers, you know the setup. So that's probably what you're going to roll out with, and let's just see what Washington comes with. One word to describe Michigan's defense. Tenacious. Physical. Yeah. They are physical. How do you inflict your physicality on a team? Well, you're running downhill. But to do that, the guy's got to be in front of you. So again, I'm just going to keep going back to this thing where I agree with you. Let him catch the ball at five yards, and then you lacerate that kidney. Agreed. <laughs> I mean, just get after Honestly, it. Honestly, and I and I hate saying this, but if I'm Michigan, you're only going to probably get two or three chances at Penix the entire game. I would take a penalty to lay it on him. I would. I absolutely would because yeah. if you change that, if you get him out of the game. Now we're having a different conversation. And I know that's uncouth and no one wants to talk about it. I get it. I get it. I'm not saying to blow the guy's leg out. What I'm saying is if he's running out of bounds and his one foot on the boundary, I'm popping him right there. 
I'm popping them. Totally agree. Please hit the uh, like button right now. Give us a thumbs up here on the Monty Show presented by our good friends at The Advocates, theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. Um, You know, the, the thing that I really respect about The Advocates, and I think you do as well, it doesn't matter where you're hearing this show, whether you are in California, Florida, Michigan, uh, Texas, hello to all of our friends in, in Las Vegas, Nevada, anywhere you're hearing this show. When you're in a tough spot, you need somebody that, that you can count on. And Jake and I joke about this all the time. When somebody calls us, if they're just passing by or saying hello, they're going to talk to Jake first. Yeah. If they are, If the chips are down and they need something, they're calling me, right? That's how it is with the advocates. When the chips are down and your car is totaled, and you're sitting there wondering how you're going to rebuild your life, advocates.com. When you got hurt at work and, you know, the 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 story I always go back to is one of our listeners um, was telling me, well, hey, I got hit by a forklift. Like his foot, the blade of a forklift went through his ankle and his foot. That's a situation where once you kind of figure out that how badly you're injured, you need somebody that, that's going to tell you high from low, theadvocates.com. And I'm telling you, man, That's what you can count on. They've seen everything. When you get into a car accident, they've seen it before. Because as much as it feels like you're the only one and you're alone in the world, you're not. The advocates have seen it. They dealt with it and they've won from it. And that's why they're the best injury attorneys in the business. Workman's comp, car accidents, motorcycle accidents, slips and falls with all this snow that's coming to the West Coast. Those of us that uh, live in the mountain regions all over this country, we are about to get walloped by winter. When you get in those slip and fall situations, when you get in those car accidents, theadvocates.com, chat with an attorney live online for free. That's right. It does not cost you a dime to talk to one of the best injury attorneys in the business, theadvocates.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Uh, coming up in 10 minutes, we'll get to Pat McAfee and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, let's run through your comments here on the show. And Donuts, a member of the show for nine months. I would like a moment of silence for Oregon State. Okay, there you go. Good to see you in Donuts. James, uh, I agree with Eric. Michigan needs a coach who can win and do it the right way. Lance Leipold from uh, KU is that guy. But why? He's not charismatic enough. And he's not going to leave that job now, I don't think. Uh, I have nothing but respect for him. They are as good as when uh, Mangino was there. I think they're probably better than that, I would say. Uh, Hi, Eric, this is James. Welcome back. <laughs> thank you. Eric Wasikowski, a member for one month on the show. Appreciate you, Eric. Uh, the 8th is a Monday, LOL. And yes, I am still fuming over the Zebras screwing Detroit. My, Oh, my God. Dude. Dude. How? That is some grade A junk. Although, I believe he reported. I truly believe that. You got to be more clear. You can't go to the huddle and have your quarterback tell you you got to go report. You worked on, and they talked openly about the Lions, talked about how they worked on that play for months. You had to have Goff pull you out of the huddle and say, hey, go report. And at that point, you got hosed by the officials. Let's not even play it. UW fan Jim for $2. Can we get off the field on D versus Michigan? Oh, I think you can. I think the biggest issue for Michigan offensively is you're just not that diverse. Like it's not, it's not. And free Harbaugh is a, is a serviceable quarterback. 
Let's not, let's not, let's not pull any punches. I think we know what free Harbaugh is as a quarterback. He's not going to break your back. No, that's not his job. That's uh, Balaka's job. Right? Like he, he, I think when you look at free Harbaugh and you look at the way they played, it wasn't that he made all these plays. Quorum had several runs that just kicked Alabama right in the keister, dude. And I think the question is, can you stop the run? And and the other thing that was so surprising, and we have not seen this from Washington this year, the broken coverage and lack of communication in the secondary from Alabama was shocking. Because it's, and you got to give Michigan credit for executing the play. But when your guy's wide open by 30 yards, and when you have safeties in a zone and they just decide not to pursue the wide receiver running across the formation, that's stunning. Like how, how on the, on the, was it the Tyler Morris touchdown? You just had DBs who didn't run. It was, it was stunning to me, but you look, they, again, against Against a good defense, Michigan only scored 27 points. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to score 35 points probably to win this game. Can Michigan score 35 points against the best, most complete package they will have seen this year? Or maybe, I don't know, and Michigan may employ this. I have no idea. Maybe Michigan employs run-heavy jumbo package offense that burns a lot of clock i mean you know i i i, I would to, i'd have to dive into the numbers to see how many possessions Penix averages in a game typically but but if you can cut his opportunity by i don't know 20 percent, 30 percent, maybe you know five less possessions four less possessions because you had eight 10 minute drives you know like you had you know long you know methodical because this is what I was advocating for in the in the Alabama Michigan game for Alabama. Hey, dude, turn around and hand that thing off. They were running for like yes. five yards of carry. You were fine, but you didn't want to do that. You know, Tommy Reese wanted to get all cute, right? We wanted to we wanted to run jet sweep constantly, and and I was just like, dude, hand it off and run outside the tackles. You're good. Yet they wouldn't do that. So for Michigan in this game, I'm sitting here saying, okay, you're a physical team. You've got a, a workhorse back there. Let the guy eat. See what happens. But I also think you look at you look at what it, Washington gives up about 400 yards a game. But there's some real high powered offenses in the Pac-12. And I look at the game against I look at the game against Texas. I would say that that Texas is a high powered offense. I would say that you have some some. When you run that many that many wide receivers, mm-hmm. but you look at some of the team stats out of that game, uh, Washington was three of eleven on third down. That's that should be exciting if you're a Michigan fan. Um, I I I think you look at at yards per pass. Here's where you're terrified. Washington put up eleven yards per pass. One of the best offenses in the Big Twelve put up seven point four yards a pass. That's not great. That's not, that's, that's a little concerning. And I also think the other thing that worries you a little bit is uh, Washington doesn't hurt themselves. They don't take a lot of stupid penalties. So yeah, I think you can get off the field, 
I I think if you're Michigan, you're going to have to find some explosiveness mm-hmm. because I think that's how you beat Washington. And if if I look at the if I look at Washington's schedule, I will just again point out their games, and I would say their losses. Uh, they don't have any. Their schedule. Think about what their schedule is: Boise, Tulsa, Michigan State on the road. Not great. Cal, not great. Uh, Arizona at Arizona, that turns out to be a really good 31-24 win. 24 points against a high-powered Arizona offense. Oregon, 36-33. Oregon's offense this year, again, just throwing this out here, Oregon's offense routinely put up 30, 40, 50, 60 points. Right. How did they do against Washington? 31 points and 33 points. Washington's defense shows up in big games. And I, this is, I lean a little Washington just because I don't think Free Harbaugh and the Michigan offense can score enough to stay with Washington. That's my singular concern. Yeah, we'll see. My singular concern. Uh, Aaron Wilson, Happy New Year, everyone. Glad you're back, guys. Hope you enjoyed your deserved time off. We did. Thank you, Aaron. We did. Um, all right, coming up in four minutes, we got to get to Pat McAfee versus uh, Aaron Rodgers versus ESPN. Joseph Carruthers, Michigan's secondary is a lot better than Texas's secondary. Well, how do we know that? How do we know that? Asking for a friend. Who did they play all year? I, and if you want to, and, and I think this is a really good discussion. You tell me the high-powered passing offense. East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers, Nebraska, Minnesota, Indiana, Michigan State, Purdue, Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State. Ohio State was not a high-powered offense this year. And Iowa, who didn't run offense. And again, I know that the game was 26 nothing. But if memory serves, Iowa didn't run offense. They simply got off the de- field on defense and then sent their punter out. I could be wrong about that. Offense though. was still on the bus. That's right. How do we know their secondary is better? Oh, because they played Alabama. That's one of the worst offensive performances we've ever seen from a Nick Saban offense in a playoff game. So I'm not ready to sit here and say that Michigan's secondary is a world beater. But, hey, that's just me, you know. Big Blue Horses says 34-27 UW. If, 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 listen, if Washington scores 30 points, Michigan will have no chance to win the game. Because I'll just go back to who this team has been. Where's the shootout? Where's the shootout? They haven't played a shootout. And the thing that worries you, if you are a Michigan fan, Alabama had a really good chance to win that game and just couldn't snap the football. You understand they were like essentially at the goal line and Alabama couldn't snap the football. Mm -hmm. So you held what you guys are saying was a mediocre offense to 20 points, but where's the shootout? 52 to seven, that's not a shootout. And my biggest concern is let's let's go with the let's go with the Maryland game. Maryland's one of the better offenses Michigan saw. Tunga Bailoa, 21 of 31, 247. 
How did you win that game? You stopped the run. So the biggest problem is Michael Penix doesn't need a running back to win games because we saw that against Oregon. Right. That was Oregon's plan. Stop the run, and they beat Oregon twice. I think it's going to be very close. I think if maybe it's a race to 27 points. I can't believe Michigan puts up 30 points in this game. And then there's a question of turnovers, too, because Michigan seems to create turnovers regularly. And Michael Penix doesn't turn the ball over. So we'll see. I think it's I think it's very interesting. Uh, Casey DeBoss, it will be close. I give you that. 40, 41 to 21. UM secondary is not that good. Uh, Washington wins. Okay. Uh, it is solid, but not great by any stretch. I don't think their secondary is great. I, I truly don't. Jim Choi, who's the better QB? Uh, you almost got me to say it. Free Harbaugh or Quinn Ewers? Oh, Quinn Ewers. There's no question about that. There is no Quinn Ewers. And I hate talking about this particular subject. Quinn Ewers shouldn't have been in that game. There's no doubt he was concussed. Uh, I mean, there's just no doubt in my mind. Yeah. He was concussed. He, that, he hit his head so hard. And you could see he hit his head, grabbed his head, and then pulled his hands away because he didn't want to have to go into concussion protocol. He should not have been in that game. Uh, TH, the best offense UM played uh, by total offense is UNLV at 45. UNLV is was a good offense, but G5 UNLV. team, G5 team, you know, we'll see. Uh, Tanner Plummer, the truth about sports is this. We really don't know what's going to happen. That's why they play the games. Oh, I think you can absolutely A plus B equals. I think we all knew that Alabama-Michigan was going to be a real close game. Mm -hmm. Very physical game. Yeah, I think it's and I think it's exactly the game the playoff deserves. Yeah. Overtime, very close, you know. Uh, John Paul Bacon. I forgot what the award of best O-line is, but it was given to the Huskies. Their offensive line is very good. Now, having said that, was there a better offensive line in the second half of the season in the SEC than Alabama? I don't – and you're not wrong. You have not dealt with the physicality that the explosiveness and the physicality of that Michigan defense. Yeah. That front four is respect, whoo, bro. Dude. Uh Dakota Tubbs, Michigan can't handle the big Penix energy of Washington. So see what he did there. See what he did there. I actually so don't like, see what he did there. That's like big P energy, but oh, it's like big Penix energy. <laughs> it's what he did. Come on, man. Uh Michigan is winning it. Well, we'll see. He says 31 28. But I'm I'm asking, if you're somebody that believes that Michigan is going to score 30 points, show me the game against the quality opponent where they put up 30 points, 27 against Alabama. Okay. But where did they score 30 points? Is Maryland a quality opponent? Did Ohio State give you a quality opponent? Not really. Like they, Iowa? Not really. Like, I don't think that they, they're not going to score 30 points. That's, I think it's a race to 27, 30 points. If they score 30 points, they'll win by two touchdowns. Mm -hmm. They will. Cause you're, you're just not that they're not a capable offense. They're not. Um, Oh, look at that. Casey Anthony got away with it for $2. Wow. Jim Harbaugh said Monty is a Jagoff. I am completely a Jagoff in his eyes. You're a dude. No doubt about it. 
TH, Washington has played seven better total offenses than Michigan, so maybe their defense does not get enough credit. Oh, there's no question about that. And their defense has played in the biggest games and played well. No doubt about that. Uh, Michigan will be one of the worst offenses UW has faced. I, I just think you have a very average quarterback, a, a very good running back with a very average quarterback. Yes. And I think you look at the you look at the wide receivers and you start looking at, okay, well, who's who's their real threat? They don't have a thousand yard receiver on that team. Let that sink in. You're undefeated in the Big Ten and the greatest team anybody's ever seen. And Roman Wilson, and, and I, I actually think Colston Loveland's your best weapon. That's the whole take. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that's it, dude. That's your entire, that's it. You're going to have to find somebody. And Donovan Edwards is an interesting figure in this game. Let's see. There's there's a lot of conversations around it. Uh, Drew Dozer, I mean, Ohio State had number two defense in the country. I'd say that's a pretty good feat. You struggled against Notre Dame. I, this Ryan Day conversation. Yeah, I just, look, I think we can go round and round about this. I, Michigan has got a good enough defense to be in this game, clearly. And the offense is largely predicated on what kind of J.J. McCarthy we get. I, I saw agree. him be very average. There are other times where he's pretty good. And in, Al in the Alabama game, he was pretty good. Now, I don't know what the hell he was doing on that first pass attempt. No idea. And, and he is lucky that dude's, you know, pinky toe was out of bounds. Man. But. Dude, my wife was so pissed. <laughs> Free Harbaugh throws that interception, and I about lost my mind. <laughs> I was yelling things that may have included penis. I'm not even kidding. I am. Okay. Uh, Casey <laughs> was so amazing. Casey Anthony got away with it. Harbaugh wants to know if Jake can scout for him. I heard he's looking for a scout. No, I'm good, dude. He's, or he's looking, he's look, you know, uh, Chuck B. I knew you had it in you, Jake. Wow. Anything you want to confess to? No, or? I don't. Uh, there's nothing in me, dude. The CAC. Boyd Lake, the SEO King of America. Boyd, good to see you. I got the Huskies 45-28. Ooh. Ooh. That, that would be a hell of a score. OG Gary, Michigan's defense is probably going to be the best defense Washington is going to face. I would agree with that. Uh, Blue got some dogs on D. They have dogs up front. Gary, can I ask you a question, dude? How is it that you're a Utah fan, an LSU fan, and a Michigan fan? Can I just ask that question? He's that guy, though. Yeah. I, He's I mean, that guy. You, that... I mean, how bandwagon are you, bro? I mean, at some point, like, you need to just stick with your team. At some point. Probably yeah. not today, though. Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, – I think it's going to be very interesting. I'm just sitting here going through my email, by the way. I have like 20 um, – I have like 20 cannot monetize your video on YouTube. Deion Sanders. <laughs> my guy is out for it, Jake. What do you mean? Deion Sanders is copywriting uh, – clearly oh, he's boy. got his people copy, copywriting his speeches. We played some of his speeches on the show this year. Uh, TH, Roman Wilson is lucky to make an NFL team. Well, I don't need him to make an NFL team. He needs to make plays on the field Monday night. 
And guys who don't play in the NFL routinely make plays on the college football field. Yeah. If Washington can get two D T D lead at any point, they win. If not, it's going to be uh first to 30 point win. That's a great point to Lyric. I think that's exactly right. I think that's exactly right. Lucas DeMio, this Michigan team was built to beat teams like Washington. Oh, do tell. That's bullshit. Harbaugh Harbaugh brought in McDonald Minter to stop Stroud, Olave, Wilson, etc. Now that is not to say that this Husky team is not better than those. Well, he was also stealing signs and knew every play that was coming. Yeah. I'm going to say that helped him too. There's, and it's funny it's you bring so up Stroud and Olave. People skipping over it. There's a video. <laughs> there's a video of Stroud looking back to his sideline with the Michigan sideline in the background. The play comes in and they're all like, oh, oh, like the whole sideline's <laughs> like, <laughs> stop stop wasikowski i think this will be the big 10 championship next year i don't think so no. jim harbaugh won't be there and the the biggest issue for michigan is you're not going to be able to hire a big name right out of the gate it's going to be very difficult and i think you're going to have to you're going to have to – you need a caretaker head coach. And the question is, who's that going to be? Who's going to be the caretaker head coach? Who's it going to be that's going to be like, yeah, I'll take that job, and that guy's going to get that job. He's going to get a five-year contract and be there two years. Then you're going to hire your head coach. Yes. That's – because the free ride in the Big Ten's over. I mean, that's number one. But who in the Big Ten even respects Michigan right now? Nobody. You don't say the things that they said about, about the Big Ten and feel like eh, it's going to be very difficult. Jim Choi, I can't believe Mel Kuyper got uh, free Harbaugh ahead of Penix in the draft. We'll see. We'll th it's Mel Kuyper. He's the best draft analyst ever. I mean, the guy knows his, his stuff. OG Gary, Utah and LSU, you know why, but you're a Michigan fan. There's no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah, stop denying it, dude. You know. You know. Uh, and, whoa, and Donuts. Prime in the MC Hammer vid pumps up pretty good. Okay. 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 That's fine. Uh, Michigan was the first team I watched when I was introduced to college football. Prior to being accepted to LSU, I was a Utah Michigan fan. So you are an LSU Michigan Utah yeah, fan. Yeah, like what are, you, what are about? you doing, dude? Own it. Own it. You know it and I know it. You know it and I know it. TH, Oregon will be the Big Ten championship easy next year and UM will likely be lost. I don't think there's going to be anything easy next year. The biggest question I have about the Big Ten next year is Lincoln Riley still the head coach at USC. I continue to hear that he is going to interview for NFL jobs. And if that is the case, I'm very interested to see how that all works out. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not the only one. No, you're not. Real quick. Caitlin Clark, Iowa basketball, hit an amazing step-back game winner last night. Should it have counted? Because now ESPN's running a package that pretty much says what I said last night. Hey, that ball's still in her hand when the red light's on. But nobody's making that call against Nope, nope, nope. Right? Nobody's making that call. 
Uh, all right. Hour number three of the Monty Show presented by our good friends at Bucked Up. You guys get in the description below. There is a link uh, where you will be able to uh, get six free buck shots. It is the best supplement. And you know the thing that's amazing to me about Bucked Up? And I, I say this every day. You know this is this is my guy. I love Bucked Up. I It's all I drink. I rely on it. I, I have so fallen in love with their pre-workout over the last 10 days. And I was an adamant, no pre-workout guy. I didn't need it. Usually I get out of bed at 5 a.m. I am ready to rock and roll at the gym. But you know, you've been on vacation for 10 days. You come back and it's like, dude, it is tough. It is 5 a.m. So Mrs. Monty started making me pre-workout. And I took Kalimba Moger's pre-workout, the koala pina colada. Dude. It, I burned 200 more calories. I, I don't generally sweat a lot at the gym, dude, sweating at the gym on the treadmill, like doing chest. It makes a huge difference. 200 more calories per workout. What would you do if you could burn 200 more calories per workout? It is massive. It makes a huge difference. That's what I love about bucked up, bucked up.com. Make sure you use the promo code Monty M O N T Y. Monty at buckedup.com to save 20% off. But I'm telling you, Bucked Up makes the best energy drink. I'm a zero sugar guy. Uh, I am on the nutritional grind right now. I'm looking to lose 30 pounds um, pretty much by March 1st. I'm on my no salt, my no sugar. That's what I love about Bucked Up. It's got no sugar. I can count on it. It's going to get deliver me really good ingredients. That's going to give me the 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 energy I need to get through the show and through the day. Buckedup.com promo code Monty to save twenty percent off at checkout. All right, I want to get to this Pat McAfee and Rogers thing. I can't play the bite for you because, as you know by now, it is copyrighted. But Aaron Rodgers does a Tuesday hit where, by most reports, some reports. He makes an exorbitant amount of money, Aaron Rodgers, to appear on Pat McAfee's show during the season and well after. The issue has become, as we have reported on this show, there is consistently been fatigue and consternation. Now it is, I am told, infighting at ESPN about the lack of control that ESPN has on Pat McAfee's show. You don't know what I'm talking about. Pat McAfee left his YouTube exclusively. His show is still on YouTube. Pat McAfee left YouTube only. And FanDuel, who was paying him $30 million a year by some reports, to go to ESPN full-time. As part of that agreement, Pat McAfee gets the Pat McAfee show on ESPN, on ESPN essentially across their platforms, excluding radio. And then he hosts college game day and various other college football programming. And they have zero editorial control or input. ESPN has zero editorial control or input over the Pat McAfee show. So when Aaron Rodgers gets on that show and starts railing about all kinds of tin hat foil things, tin foil hat things, from vaccinations to politics to government repression, all of which are blacklisted at ESPN. As somebody who worked there, there are just things you do not talk about at ESPN. Politics are one of them. 
and ESPN is powerless to do anything about it. And I am told by sources at ESPN that they believed Pat would quote, play ball. Hey, we need you to really, you know, back away. And Pat has not played ball in any way, shape or form on the Pat McAfee show. So it should have come to surprise of nobody when yesterday on the Pat McAfee show, Aaron Rodgers was talking about the Jeffrey Epstein flight logs that were being released and some of the client lists that are going to be released. And he didn't hint at, he straight up said Jimmy Kimmel would be nervous and essentially said Jimmy Kimmel's going to be on those Jeffrey Epstein client lists. And immediately the house caught on fire and is burning to the ground. Because I am told by people at ESPN that that was kind of the last straw for a lot of the behind the scenes people, including talent, who did not much appreciate that Pat McAfee did not push back on that. That Pat McAfee did not say, Aaron, whoa, do you have any evidence of that? Or do what most people would do, which is what I was waiting for him to do and what I thought he was going to do, which was, hey, well, we haven't seen Jimmy Kimmel's name really anywhere associated with that. Because that's what you should do when a guest on your show throws out a wild accusation with nothing to back it up, which is exactly what, in my opinion, Aaron Rodgers did there. Because we have never had Jimmy Kimmel associated with Jeffrey Epstein. And I went and looked for it and could not find it. And I would also point out nobody else has found it either. And then Jimmy Kimmel came out swinging on Twitter almost immediately after that happened where he talked about how he was going to sue. And he said, dear asshole, Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> for the record, I've not met, flown with, visited, or had any contact whatsoever with Epstein, nor will you find my name on any list other than the clearly phony nonsense that soft brain wackos like yourself can't seem to distinguish from reality. Your reckless words put my family in danger. Keep it up and we'll debate the facts further in court. And what Jimmy Kimmel is talking about there is that the known names that are on those Jeffrey Epstein lists, many of them have, have had their lives threatened, have had their families accosted in public. So when you're Pat McAfee and you're on ESPN, you're not on a small network. And when you allow Aaron Rodgers to come on and accuse Jimmy Kimmel without any evidence of being on those lists, it's reckless and dangerous, and it puts ESPN at great liability. Oh, and then there's the whole conversation of the fact that what does Jimmy Kimmel do for a living? He hosts Jimmy Kimmel late night on ABC. Who owns ABC? Disney. Who owns Disney? Or who owns ESPN? Disney. This is a family matter. And again, here we have Pat McAfee and his show going after somebody in the family. And it just gets old. And again, here we have Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show going after people in the family. Adam Schefter, Diana Rossini at one point. Like just calling Adam Schefter a liar. Right. Calling Diana Rossini a liar, even though everything she said eventually came true. They signed all of his his former receivers. It's remarkable to me that ESPN allows this to continue. 
Are you surprised that they have not taken action? Uh, you know, I, I think I'm not necessarily surprised they haven't taken action yet because I think it's a difficult position to be in. I mean, they're, they don't have editorial control over Pat. So it's not like they can say, hey, you can't do this or you can't say that or whatever. They don't have that ability. So really, they're left in this position where it's like, hey, do we keep Pat on the network or do we cut him? And what's the buyout if we cut him? I mean, that's the position you're in. And that's a really difficult part about this. So the the decision if you're ESPN and really if you're Disney at this point is, hey, do we let Jimmy Kimmel set fire to Pat McAfee? Because he will. I have no doubt about that. Are we good with just letting this play out? Are we are we taking the stance of, hey, we're Disney, we're ESPN and ABC, we're kind of, we're, we're a bigger brand in totality. We can absorb this type of drama within the family because that's a reality you're having to look at because of the position you're in with Pat. Also, on the other side, if we cut Pat, what does that make us look like? You know, what, what, you know, does that, is that us saying that we made a huge mistake with, mistake with Pat McAfee? Is that us saying that, that, hey, we dipped our toe in the water of having, you know, and I don't even know what you would call it, but like, you know, show like startup show that we signed as a free agent, essentially as a contractor coming onto the network. We dipped our toe in that. And we're never going to do that again. Is that what your story is going to be if you cut them? So that's why I'm saying, I don't think this is just some easy little decision of like, oh yeah, like, hey, we're going to just cut Pat or we're just going to keep him. It's not that simple. By the way, I also think you have to consider the fact that, you know, Jimmy Kimmel wasn't the only one who heard that. Right, your ad partners hear these things. What is what you know? What does anybody advertising on ESPN think of this? Because the people who advertise on Pat's show directly, like Verizon, let's say, probably don't care about this all that much. They they've signed on for long term agreements. Yeah. They're this. They are just there for the visibility. So to me, this is a difficult decision, and I think that the thing that surprises me so much is that Pat McAfee doesn't seem to give a damn about whether he's on ESPN or not. He does not care. He, he only, he, I would agree with that. Like the way you're behaving tells me that you just, you just want to have, you think that you can just have the biggest names on your show and that that's going to carry you. And the thing that bothered me so much today is that now the news cycle saying, oh, well, Pat apologized. And, and, and I think it's sorry. important to say Pat did apologize. He came out on his show today and said, you know, hey, Aaron was just being Aaron and, we try to be free for him and have conversations. And he didn't specifically say, I'm sorry for what Aaron Rodgers said. That's not what he said. And I think that's a really important point. By the way, a little breaking news just happened five minutes ago. Those Epstein documents now have all been released. Hun hundreds of pages, including Ghislaine Maxwell's deposition. And the website that is hosting them has already crashed. So it may be a minute before we get them. But finish your point. I, I, it's really it important that we, you know that that's not – Pat apologized somewhat today, not about what Aaron Rodgers in, in said. My, in my opinion, it was a half-assed apology. That's my opinion. I don't think that Pat in his head was like, man, I really got to apologize for this. This is wrong. You know, I, I messed up here. I should have – you know, I should have backed Aaron down. I should have, you know, I should like have you, stepped in. I should have stepped in. Like, and I'm told, that. I'm told that ESPN went to Pat this morning and said, hey, and Pat agreed to make a statement, which he did. 
But this, a lot of people are comparing this to the Washington State situation where he did apologize. But that's because that's game day. That's college game day. And they have editorial control over Pat on that show. And I think the hard part here is, is that everybody wants to say, well, Jimmy Kimmel went after Aaron Rodgers on his show. Let's get something straight. Making fun about Aaron Rodgers, because what Jimmy Kimmel said on his show, and I was actually watching it when he said it many months ago, he said that Aaron Rodgers is a tinfoil hat wearing guy and talked about his conspiracy theories, made fun of his time in the darkness. And do you really think that's comparable to saying that Jimmy Kimmel is on the Epstein lists? You think that's comparable when we're talking about people getting death threats and being physically attacked as pedophiles? You really think what Jimmy Kimmel, who's paid to roast people, that's his job. You really think that's the same thing as Aaron Rodgers going on the single largest sports talk show on the planet? Because let's not forget that. Pat McAfee's the face of sports talk in this country. There is no other. There's no number two. It's Pat McAfee. You really think that's the same thing as Jimmy Kimmel joking on his late night show, which might have a quarter of the audience that Pat McAfee has, and then putting Aaron Rodgers on the single largest sports platform in the world and saying that Jimmy Kimmel has ties to Jeffrey Epstein. So you can you can sit here, and I see in the comments where people are saying that that Jimmy Kimmel is a wackadoo and he can't take it. And do you really think it's funny to say that? What if I said, well, hey, you're on the uh, Epstein list. You think, and then people are coming to your front door or calling you or sending you letters or emails, tweets, DMs, threatening you and your family. You think that's funny? I don't think that's funny. Mm -hmm. I don't think that, and no, Boyd, I disagree with you 100%. Kimmel is not a wuss in any way, shape, or form. We're talking about wackadoos who went into pizza joints in New York looking for pedophile operations. You understand that that's what this is, that this is not funny. It's not a joke. And the people at ESPN, the best part about the ESPN thing, people are like, oh, well, ESPN's a Democratic mouthpiece. Well, wouldn't they be talking about politics all the time if that were the case? They're not. Would they have muzzled Stephen A. Smith if that were the case? They wouldn't have. ESPN isn't, ESPN doesn't lean, you know, liberal or they're neocon. They're, they're a, they're, they understand who they are now. Were they political at one point? Yes, they were. Are they political now? No, they're not. When's the last time you saw people on there talking about Donnie or it's not what they, oh, I know when it was. It was Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show. Mm. That's the problem. Yeah, people that have completely changed their content delivery system and you still get people like Pat, who now has no oversight at ESPN for his show, and Aaron Rodgers goes on and says that Jimmy Kimmel, one of the most popular comedians, whether you like him or not, he's one of the most popular comedians in the world. And you're saying that, oh yeah, you're on the, he's on the Epstein list. You can't undo that. Yeah. How many people today are like, yeah, man, can you believe that Jimmy Kimmel's on the Epstein list? It, it It's disappointing that we have people in the comment section saying that that this is the same thing and that, you know, you're so 
instead of saying, yeah, you know, accusing someone of being on the Epstein list on that type of platform is not cool. We're sitting here saying Jimmy Kimmel's a wuss. Yeah. Uh, Boyd Lake also says ESPN and ABC are both Disney properties. Kimmel slams and makes fun of Rogers all the time. This is tit for tat. Again, I will just ask, you think saying that somebody, Aaron Rodgers freely admits he he is a conspiracy theorist. He freely talks about vaccinations, which nobody else at ESPN is allowed to even get near. He goes on Pat's show and talks about vaccinations. Yeah, I've been immunized. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers does that. Jimmy Kimmel, who makes fun of all kinds of people like Aaron Rodgers and Pat McAfee, that's what his job is. You really think that's the same thing as saying that Jimmy Kimmel, and, and it wasn't a joke. It wasn't tongue-in-cheek per se. He straight up said Jimmy Kimmel is nervous about those lists coming out. Are, are, are you are you kidding me? That's not the, boy, that's not the same thing. Yeah, and it, I'm it, a little surprised, dude. This is not, you said Kimmel needs to learn to take heat. That's not what this is. That's not what this is. At all. At all, in my opinion. Uh, Boyd Lake, Kimmel roasts people for a living. He can't take the heat, needs to get out of the kitchen. I don't understand. Okay, am I just, am about? I losing my mind on this? You really think saying that Aaron Rodgers wears a tinfoil hat after he's talked about vaccinations, politic uh, elections, politics, all of the main conspiracy theories, aliens, ayahuasca. 9-11. 9-11. You were... All of the conspiracy theories, and he's into them. And Jimmy Kimmel says he wears a tin hat. You think that's the same thing as Aaron Rodgers going on Pat's show and saying that Jimmy Kimmel's on a pedophile list? And is a pedophile, because that's what he's saying. He's saying that Jimmy Kimmel is a pedophile. You think that's the same thing? I think you guys are losing your mind. You're losing, and End Donuts apparently agrees. Yeah, maybe I'm losing my mind. I don't think I, that's I, the same thing at all. Yeah, you guys are you you guys have no idea. If you think that this is the same thing, you're that's up crazy, in the night, dude. That's uh, crazy. Th you need to learn how to separate your opinion of Jimmy Kimmel's work with yeah. with someone accusing him of being a pedophile. Notice the difference here. Jimmy Kimmel doesn't talk about Aaron Rodgers as a football player. Yet what is what is what is Aaron Rodgers doing? Oh, that's right. Aaron Rodgers, as usual, makes it personal and says that, hey, yeah, you need to be worried about those lists. Kim, Jimmy's going to be worried about those lists because, you know, he's a pedophile and he was on the plane and, you know, he sexually assaulted all those females and he was part of the Bill Clinton and Donnie and all those guys going to some island. Like, I I have no shame in saying I'm disappointed that we're sitting here having to, that's to, wild. to, to discuss this. John DeLon, what's up, John? Is anyone really surprised that McAfee is acting like a super douche when he wasn't put on a leash? I, well, I don't think he's acting like a super douche. You didn't, you didn't fully understand who you were doing business with. Yeah, this is this is Batman and Joker, dude. ESPN's Batman and Pat McAfee's Joker. Pat McAfee has never been a journalist. Pat McAfee has never been held to account for the things he says. And again, I talk about this on this show all the time. This is why YouTube is a pain in my ass, literally. And the words podcast are a death knell to shows like ours because we actually are held to account. We have an ethical standard. 
you you can't believe that a guy that has no ethical or or journalistic training is just going to show up and be ethical and journalistic. Why does he have a disclaimer? It's to me the biggest thing that ESPN did here is they sold themselves out. They said we want your money and your audience. Bring them. Here's a blank check. And by the way, there are no rules. Only thing you can't do, can't say the F word. Okay, great. That Those are the rules. Quite li- That's the entire. <laughs> can't say the F word, Pat, but uh, have you and your boys accuse people of being pedophiles. We're Here, fine with that. And here's $54 million a year. It's ridiculous. That's the deal. So and it, like, it, how are we in a place where we can't on. say, hey, yeah, you know, Jimmy Kimmel is a paid comedian, someone who's paid to create roasts of people. Okay, fine. And he roasted Aaron Rodgers as part of that. Fine. That's business. That's what the guy is literally paid to do. You are saying that? I agree with it. Let's not be confused. But where we part company is the idea that you guys somehow think that accusing someone of being a pedophile on on this level or at all is like somehow okay and that Jimmy just needs to take it. That's insane to me. Yeah. It, it crazy. Sean Rollins, he's the Jimbo of sports talk. Fire me, go ahead, but I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest type cocky attitude. But you knew that. I mean, you can say what you want about. I'm a daily watcher of his show. But what did I say to Jake today? Hey, this Aaron Rodgers shit is starting to turn me off to the Pat McAfee show. He's losing. He's losing. So you need to understand that I've never been a huge fan of Pat's show. No, I, I have to I, bend Jake's arm to it, turn it, it on. It, it is the classic bunch of dudes just sitting around. And Pat said this today, and it bothers me so much. And this is where ESPN made a huge mistake in selling themselves out. Pat has no problem, and I would even go as far as to say loves, you know, explaining the idea that they don't have a plan. There's no script. They're just gonna. The only thing that he really said that today. The only thing that's scripted that they do every single day, it's part of their thing, is the open plays, and then they do the whole. They do their whole, you know, thing. That, that's what they do. It's every single they day. They know what they're going to talk about. Hey, we're going to talk NFL today. Aaron Rodgers coming on. J.J. Watt's coming on. But they just have a bunch of dudes that sit around and talk sports. Like For us, we line our shit out like every single day. Excuse yeah. my French. We line our topics out. We know what angles are. We know where we're going to. We have questions. We call people. Like, we we work really hard to have like a conversation structure. The best and the worst part about Pat's show is he does not. So we wind up sitting around and Aaron Rodgers, cause you don't have a question list for him. Winds up talking about Jimmy Kimmel being a pedophile. Yeah, And I don't even think it's an interview at that point. It, it, it is. Hey, Hey, I, so this is in my opinion, how I perceive Pat with the Aaron Rodgers and really basically all the people that come on his show every single week. Okay, I'm Pat McAfee. I'm on ESPN. I'm getting paid all this money. So what I'm going to be is a middleman. I'm going to take the money that ESPN's paying me. I'm going to turn that into talent fees for all these guests. The ESPN folks are different, but guys like Aaron Rodgers or anybody he brings on that's not at ESPN, I'm going to turn around and pay these people to come on the program. And I'm just going to give these people softball questions, give them a lot of runway, let them talk, and we'll just deal with it. That's what he does. He's not a journalist. He's not credible. And it's not, that's not his thing. It's led to Aaron Rodgers making numerous mistakes. 
Like the Diana Rossini thing's the perfect example. Yeah. Diana reported that Aaron Rodgers had told the Jets, hey, here's a list of dudes I want. Aaron came on and said, oh, I don't know what you're talking He never, Aaron, Aaron never said, hey, you know, I, I never gave them a list. He never said that. He said that's, he, he said that's not how it went down. And then what do you know? The people on the list are all on the Jets. Go to the, the Achilles injury thing. Aaron Rodgers, all season long. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. And what did Pat do? Man, you look really cool. Hey, what about this? Look at you throwing. Look at you running. Look at you intercepting passes in practice. And after they got eliminated from the playoffs, what did Aaron Rodgers say the next Tuesday? I was never coming back. It was impossible. Oh. So the issue for people at ESPN is, hey, he's regularly attacking people that work for us. <laughs> regularly. Yeah. Attack, it's like shredding. It's a hobby. The journalists, the Adam Schefters, the Diana Rossini's, the he's routinely attacking them. And now this Jimmy Kimmel thing, the part that people don't understand is Jimmy Kimmel doesn't just host late night. Like he is a brand at ABC and he is a guy who makes them a ton of money. And Aaron Rodgers just came on and said that your cash cow over there is a pedophile. Yeah, but that's the same thing as let that sink you know, in. Joking about the fact that Aaron Rodgers thinks nine eleven was an inside job. Yeah, you know, I know um, it's the same thing. Yeah, let's see, Boyd Lake, whose audience is larger, McAfee or Kimmel? Pat McAfee's. I would assume. I don't know, but just knowing Pat's YouTube numbers, and they talked about it today that they have an obscenely huge audience. Um, I would assume that Pat's audience is larger. It's sports. It's, I mean, it's it's, I mean it. It has everything that you need. Jimmy Kimmel's on in a niche time slot late at night. Like it, I would it's assume the competition, Pats. the content's different. It's not even comparable. Yeah, it, I don't. It doesn't and have I don't any. Think, like, but I don't think it has any bearing. Yeah. On why you would. So because he's got a bigger audience, it's okay to accuse someone of being a pedophile. Yeah. That is that what you're saying? I think no. It's like not. what are we doing? It. It, it more proves, I think, the point that we're trying to make that you have more responsibility because you're on ESPN, ESPN Plus, ESPN The App, ESPN's YouTube channel, your YouTube ch Like, you're talking to Dude, millions of people. you can't take a breath without seeing Pat on ESPN now. It's crazy. Uh, Mike Smith, does not matter whose show is bigger when it comes to libel slander. No, it doesn't. Greg Hawkins, howdy from the beautiful Grand America casuals. I think the Pistons are here. Nice. Nice. Uh, let's see. Uh, Boss Frog, what's up? Good to see you, Mo. Good to see you in Vegas. We golfed with, uh, well, sort of golfed with Mo. Mo watched us golf poorly. Uh, hello, casuals. Hope everyone had a great Christmas and New Year's. We did. Uh, Mark Barnett, uh, MAGA always talking about size. Well, I, I don't know that it's a MAGA thing. I think when you look at, and I'm sure politics plays a role in it. Uh, this Epstein list thing, you guys, is going to be, it's going to be gnarly. Bill Clinton, I think, is going to be the first guy to just absolutely get shredded by this. There's already snippets on Twitter about testimony because a, a bunch of the documents that were dumped this afternoon about tw 15, 20 minutes ago now uh, are depositions. And in testimony, a lot of testimony about Bill Clinton. 
Uh, I think Donald Trump is a very interesting figure because he's also there. I think Robert Kennedy Jr. is a guy that is not going to have a very good night tonight. Uh, and, and I think the thing that because those are the guys out, that we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, you you look at the pictures of these guys, and and what always stood out to me, not even just now, but just like in all the time that I've even understood the Epstein stuff is you look at these pictures and it's not like these dudes are sitting at a business table, dude. No, like these guys are hand in hand. Like you look at Donnie or Bill Clinton, or like these are powerful figures in the world at that time. And look at Bill Gates. Yeah. Melinda Gates gave in it. What was that? Two years ago now. Yeah. Several years yeah. ago, she gave an interview talking about how one of the main um, splits in the Gates marriage was, the Epstein relationship that Bill Gates had and that she went and met Jeffrey Epstein because Bill Gates kept talking about how great Jeffrey Epstein was. And she went and met Jeffrey Epstein one time and she said, I, I had to leave. He, he felt like I, she said something to the effect of it felt dirty. He felt like a demon. Right. And it, it, it's wild. You look at like with Robert Kennedy Jr. Man, like how, how like how, how man like how is how is Jeffrey Epstein in the White House? Yeah. How is that possible? Like you look at the Prince Andrew thing which is wild in itself. So we're not in the White House. Now we're in the 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 royal family. Right. And this is just the beginning. Yeah. This is so like you know when we get when we bring it full circle you're saying that Jimmy is in this group that's what the accusation is. So, I don't know. I am very surprised, and I'll be honest, a little disappointed that that people think that this is the same thing and that Jimmy's just, you know, Jimmy's overreacting. Yeah, I don't um I don't know. I don't know how you I don't know how you fix this if you're if you're ESPN. Um and everybody is DMing me these lists and stuff. <laughs> It it's all good, dude. Like I, 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 I think Pat apologizing to Jimmy Kimmel today was very interesting, but I don't, you know, my other thing, dude, hmm. I don't feel like it was a genuine apology. He I said qu the quote is, I can see exactly why Jimmy Kimmel felt the way he felt, especially with his position. But I think Aaron was just trying to talk shit End quote. It's not about what he was trying to do though. That's the thing. And my the thing that bothers me with it is Pat's not taking accountability. Like it's your show, dude. You're paying buddy to come on your show and allowing him to do this. Like, at what point do we start saying, hey, yeah, maybe Pat's a little irresponsible? Maybe, just maybe, Pat is not like, <laughs> you know, some icon of sports talk, and maybe he truly is what we always have known him to be which is a former football player, a damn good punter, an absolute G on the football field, and someone that just likes to sit around with his boys and talk sports. And maybe ESPN overplayed their hand with Pat, and maybe he's not going to be at the network for some huge long time, which he made very clear on his show today, which, again, bothers me to no end. Yeah, and I think the other thing that you have to remember is I am in no way defending Jimmy. I mean, this... Jimmy Kimmel is a comedian and he is a guy that makes jokes that I would never make. I would, I would never, I would never make jokes about unvaccinated people. I would, that's just not, 
but Jimmy Kimmel did. So it is what it is, right? Um, Jim Choi, never watched Kimmel and Kimmel's and Bits out or McAfee. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. It, it does not. And it, it is what it is. And he says, breaking news, as much as I hate Aaron Rodgers, think he's crazy. Jimmy Kimmel is, in fact, on the list with some. He's not on a. Everybody's talking about Jimmy Kimmel and his relationship with a guy named Adam Perry Lang who they had a long friendship. And Adam Perry Lang was Jeffrey Epstein's personal chef. And it, 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 Lang claims he didn't know. who Being friends with somebody that was Jeffrey Epstein's chef, does that mean he knew? Does that mean that he partook? It, I think you're making a long stretch. I think you are making a long, long stretch. I am not, I, I just don't, you guys, this is nothing to joke about. No. It's nothing to make light of. You don't, you just don't do it. I, I, that's just me, though. It, 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 it is what it is. I, I, I don't think you should. We like to just think that this is a lighthearted thing and that this is somehow like, oh, yeah, no big deal. I mean, it's just the Epstein list. Like, you yeah. know, who really cares? Like, no, dude, it's a big deal. Yeah, I, yeah, it's, it's. If it were, if it It's came frustrating out, to me. Dude, if tomorrow. It's unsealed that Jimmy Kimmel is on the list, let's say. Not that that's going to happen, but let's say it did. His career is over. It's, you're done. Like, this is a, like, this is a nuclear level thing from a career standpoint. It is. It very much is. And we'll see. We'll see how this all plays out. I just don't think that it is. I just don't think it's a joke. I don't think it's funny. I, we've we've gotten away from this place where we give a damn about the people standing next to us. Mm -hmm. And I know we talk about this all the time, and I say it all the time, but I, I think I, I, I it's just my opinion. Funny how they made MAGA make America great again into something bad, which is wild in itself. We've talked about that. Uh, Tanner Plummer, as far as I can tell, Jimmy Kimmel is not on the list. <laughs> He's not... He's not on the list. He has a, a longtime personal friend of his that worked for Jeffrey Epstein. That in no way, shape, or form means that he partook, knew of. Like, we're you guys, we're crazy. Yeah. It, 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 we want it so bad. And I don't get it. We Our desire, and this is the other thing that I think is crazy. Our desire to ruin people in this country is barbaric. I've never understood our desire to ruin people, you know, I, and Taylor Swift comes to mind. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, why are we not celebrating Taylor Swift's unbelievable fame? And well, most people are, but how many people want to see her get wrecked right. or how many, how many times will I say on this show, we've got to stop shaming rich people. Cause that's what we want to do. Mm -hmm. We want to shame rich and successful people. And we just shouldn't do it. Yeah. We should not do it. Uh, Gumby fresh out says, I want free beer. I, I do too. Main event. It's a guilty by association tactic. It is. It, it, do you think we get anybody? Do you think we get anybody that's just stunning? Oh yeah. I think there's always the, the, the documents are too deep to not have like a surprise name there. I, you know, like there's, you can't tell me there's not an individual or two that 
are have totally just flown way under the radar with this. You never would have oh, known. Oh, has to be. Like, there has to be, you know, dark horses, if you will, well, in these documents. There's that infamous quote now that's coming back around from Jeffrey Epstein himself, where he said, um, you know, that if he if he talked about what he knew about those running for president in 2016, I... I it's it, you've it would end them it's got to be terrifying if you are donald trump if you are bill clinton if you because we don't know what we don't know but we're gonna find out and that's what i'm saying this jeffrey epstein i i mean and i think we're starting to figure this out more as the years go on and we get more information obviously but he is truly one of the most prolific schemers we've ever seen I mean, to your point, the idea that this guy is associated with the royal family, like the White House is one thing. Like, okay, you can get in there. You know, you know the right people. All right, cool. You're talking about overseas connections, bro. Like that is next level. That is crazy to me. Yeah, I don't, I just hope, I hope beyond hope that I, I, I Elon. Elon's another one. Why is no one talking about Elon? I don't because we're talking about you guys. This is like life and death for these people. Yes. I'm mean, I'm serious. Take 30 seconds right now and say to yourself, what if I'm on that list? Put yourself in Donald Trump's shoes. You've got all this other legal stuff. You've got all these lawsuits. You've lost a ton of money in a defamation case already mm -hmm. twice to the same person. Like you're, you're, you're gonna like, you're, you're the legal, the legality that you're facing is crazy. And now the Epstein lists and documents have been dumped and you're probably on them. I, I, it's wild to me to think about what, if you're Bill Gates, what if you're Bill Gates? And your name is on those those flight lists. Are you not disappearing? Oh are you, my! Are God. you not just like, all right, I'm out, I'm done? Right? Are you not the uh, are are you not the Dave Chappelle gift where you're just grabbing all of your money? Mm -hmm. from? Like, mm -hmm. If if you are a think about all of the richest, most powerful people, and you're on that list. Oh my God! Oh my God! I can't even brutal. It's it's wild. But again. You made your own bet. Now it's time to line it. And that's why I say, like, I, I, again, I have so much trouble thinking that this dude just killed himself because he had nothing better to do and he knew the documents would come out. I have so much trouble with that. If you're on the list and the documents that are here, because, and I, and I want you to understand what these documents are. There's a lot of depositions. There's a lot of, of sealed testimony. Uh, there's flight logs, mm -hmm. there's visitor and gate logs. Um, like these are, these are people who flew on his plane. They, there is some belief that in these documents, we're going to see security logs of visitors at his Manhattan, um, compound, if you will. He had this and he had multiple homes in, in New York City, but apparently his Manhattan compound was the place. So you're going to get stuff that links people personally. You're getting, you're getting 
these testimonies of people in depositions that are being asked directly, hey, is this guy, was this guy in this situation? And the answer is, yeah, this guy was on this island or plane or townhouse or it's not going to be kind. Yeah. It's not. And we're talking about corners of power in this country that are yeah, not little people. No, (laughs) not at all. Juggernauts. Not at all. So these, these document dumps. And I know we keep saying like Gumby fresh out says lists. It's not really a list of like, okay, these are all the people. Yeah. Check the highlighted names. Like the documents we've seen. I think we've seen six pages of flight logs already where it's all these people flew on his plane. Well, how are you going to get out of this now? Because we already know, like, I think Bill Clinton's a guy that most people just assume we've seen the connections. We've seen the links. Yeah. You know, um, Greg Hawkins, you should stop drinking. He says Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. You guys. No, he said he did not kill himself. He, so there are people oh, so who you're are saying, saying he's alive. Well, no, I think he means that Epstein was murked. He was. No, he unalived himself. I think we all know that. Okay. You know. Right. You know. Uh, and he says neither Biden or Trump are mentioned, which is interesting. I don't know that we know that yet. I don't know that we know that yet. So I don't think that Joe Biden has ever been associated with Jeffrey Epstein, but not in that way. Yeah. We'll see. I, wild times, dude. It is wild times. Like, does it matter? If if Donnie's yes. on that list, yes, it matters, does it, dude. Does it preclude him from I, being I, I, president? Yeah, I mean, uh, it adds to the list of things that precludes him from being president, apparently. Um, but yeah, I think it matters. I, I like I said, I think you know, it's it's from a legacy perspective, it's nuclear. From a career perspective, it's nuclear. From a from a just a respect thing it's nuclear you, you you are done if you're on the flight logs if you're if you are in these documents it's over for you i don't give a damn if you didn't touch a soul but you rode on his plane it's over for you because you knew you knew who he was at that time if you were on his plane you knew on some level you knew you so knew. don't tell me that you didn't know because you did and and that's what i think guys like Aaron Rodgers don't take seriously. You don't understand the amount of lives were devastated by this guy. Yeah, I just really hope, and this is again my opinion. I hope we don't recognize any <clears throat> any of the names on that list. Yeah, and because I just don't think that we can. You you, you cannot tell me that you're going to celebrate again. Whether you want to use Donald Trump as a villain or however you want to, you're. I'm not going to be celebrating that a former president would be on the the logs for the airplane or on a security list of people who I, I, I'm not going to celebrate. It doesn't make me feel good. And that's the thing I think we forget. You know, like it, it is, it is going to be really interesting to see who's on that list. But you look at some of the, you look at some of the other stuff that you see. And, and I just, I think you're going to see judges. I think you're going to see politicians senators that's my opinion i think that's where it's going to be oh that senator is on oh. that list right 
<clears throat> yeah, I think it's, I think this is truly one of the biggest, like, hey, these people were doing nefarious things that nobody knew about for ages. You know, um, like, I think everyone just wants to pile on Donnie. They just want to say, oh, well, Donnie did this. So, of course, he's like, we can't say that. You don't know it for 100%. Yes, there's ties and connections and things that would add up, right? Connect the dots type thing. But I don't think we should just throw people in. Yes, Bill Clinton is someone that most likely. Yeah, he's going to be in these documents, most likely. Well, I also think the biggest question is, do we have, do we get what is some believe to be a security log, a protocol that lists everybody who walked through the gates on his island? If that happens, dude, you're in. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, You know, like, again, understand who Jeffrey Epstein was. Understand what this guy needed to do to protect himself in dealing with all these powerful people, because everyone just skips over that. If you're going to deal with powerful people, what do you need to do? Well, you have to protect yourself. How do you protect yourself? You have leverage. So it's not good enough just to know things about people, right? Because, well, what will they do? Just kill you, right? That's how it works. So if it's not good enough just to know things about people and have that threat as leverage, what else are you going to do? Well, you're going to put plans in place in case you die. Hey, things are going to come out. I'm, you know, I've got all this like stuff, this treasure trove of information. Like, so I'm saying, man, like this is no, this is no like laughing matter. No, like, you know, walk through the park, man. Yeah, it, this is going to be interesting. I say, all right, let's get a couple of your comments in here uh, on the, are you rooting for the list of people who are on the island? I, I want, if you went to that island, I don't believe we should ever hear from you again. And we should know you went to that island. Yes. Yes. I want Uh, transparency. Absolutely. Mike Smith, no need to keep him from talking. The names were coming out. The courts had records. Not a valid excuse. Yeah, I I don't think there was any way this day wasn't coming. Oh, yeah, it absolutely was coming. But my point is, is that in the before, before all this was happening, before the names coming out was swirling, in the heyday when it was Clinton and Prince Andrew and like, you know, all these guys in their heyday of power, in the 90s, like this dude had to protect himself. You're dealing with presidents and royal family and billionaires on billionaires and Bill Gates. Like, dude, these people have resources, man. Do you really think that they're not going to do something? Like, that's why he's got all this information. Yeah, I don't. Hmm, I don't know. Uh, OG Gary, not nah, Joe Biden sniffs mad heads out in the open. Doubt he's going to be on the list. I doubt it. I doubt it. Jojo Boyd, how you. How you hang yourself from bunked uh, bed and cameras were turned off. Bro, what are you talking about, man? Listen, man, they had electrical issues. They had rats that ate through the wires. <coughs> Perfect storm. I kind of agree with everybody, Mike Smith, amongst others, saying that, dude, that he. the only thing is, why would he kill himself? Well, everybody says, well, he didn't want the information to come out. No. The information was coming out. Yeah. That's not why he would have killed him. Guilt, maybe. Nah, I doubt it. He was a multi-gazillionaire. Guys like that have no conscience, especially with the heinous crimes he was convicted of. Uh, I, I, I don't have a good reason to believe. I don't have a good reason to believe that he did or did not. Honestly, it, let's say he did kill himself. Mm-hmm. A guy like him, you know why he'd do it? Because his purpose is gone. He's got nothing to do. It, the, 
He the, knew he wasn't getting out. Yeah, he. I'm, so I'm not going to get out. So I'm never going to be able to put the circle yeah. back together. I, I'm not going to be able to handle these people anymore. My, my purpose is gone. Guys like him have motor. They have drive. Even if it's in the worst way, right? Like crimes and pedophilia and all this nasty stuff. So when that gets taken from you and you don't have a goal anymore, you don't have something to, to drive you every day, you're just sitting and rotting, it, he's like, all right, I'm done. It's over. I'm good. We'll see. I, I am I am just very interested to see how all this plays out. Yeah. And we'll see what we'll see what 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 comes of it. But I am not rooting for people to be on that list. Donald Trump or otherwise. I am not rooting for people to be on that list. I I think that's that's whack. Uh Tanner Plummer, yes, if Donnie is on that list, should be disbarred. Well, I don't know that he's a, a lawyer from running for president. We'll see. Uh and donuts, the chef knew. Could have. That doesn't mean that Jimmy knew. Yeah. I mean, how many things have your friends done that you have no idea of? You know. Cougar tracks. He didn't kill himself. They took him out. Okay, why'd they take him out? He had never talked or testified on anybody. Maybe he changed his mind. Hmm? Maybe. Mike Smith, what motivation was there to kill him? Whether he died or not, the names were coming out. They're coming out. Yeah, but I don't. I I think that's that's an easy cop out. It's not just about the names at that point. He has he has intimate information. He has information that a list won't provide you. Yeah, COG Gary says I want to see the item list. Yeah, I want to see the item list. I don't care about who Epstein knew, uh, and who took pics with at the office. I want to know who physically was on the island. I'm with you on that. Because I mean, just because you took a picture with somebody, now if you are Bill Clinton. And certainly if you're Prince Andrew, I don't know that there's much to be left for the imagination. Yeah. But I want to know. I want to know who was on that island. And still I say, we're talking about Bill Clinton and Prince Andrew. Why'd you need to go to an island? Which is wild to me. Because I think he probably, you know, I think he probably, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. There's already wild, wild names out there. Um, I don't know. I, I would not want to be Bill Clinton today. <laughs> I would not want to be, I, I would not. Yeah. And it, it'll be very interesting because it does go back to Ricky, Ricky Gervais who called, remember when he did the golden Globes speech, the, when he did the golden <laughs> globe, hosted the golden globes. Um, and he called all the Hollywood elites out for their ties to Jeffrey Epstein. That eh, kind of seems a little more relevant now, <laughs> right? I, I mean, it is, Ooh, Ooh, I, I, uh, I don't know. I hope there's nobody shocking. And I know I keep saying that, but yeah. I really hope there's nobody shocking. All right. Um, can we talk about the, speaking of conspiracy theories, can we talk about the Super Bowl logo? color conspiracy real quick do you guys buy this <laughs> the last two super bowls Bengals on top with the rams Bengals in red rams in yellow and the slightest color one okay coincidence all right eagles and chiefs eagles had much more green even though it in jake's opinion resembles dolphin green and the chiefs red chiefs won now, we have red and purple. Infowars.com.
which would indicate the 49ers and the Ravens and the 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the only problem. Believe it or not. Notice the order of the logos. I just noticed this right now. Notice how the winners up until this point have been the on the winners. right. The winners have been on the right side, right? Rams, Chiefs. On this logo, the Niners are on the left. So are we getting a changing of the guard? I If this goes down right here, if we get three in a row like that, then I'll start believing in this. But it's highly convenient and very tinfoil hat stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I, I tend to more think that I... Because now we're going to have to talk about whether the NFL is scripted or not. And, and I hate talk. Well, hey, bro, do you think the NFL is scripted? I don't know. What do you think, Jared Goff? Is the NFL scripted? No, it's not. Do I believe that this graphic shows <laughs> Niners and Ravens in the Super Bowl? I sort of do. I am moving slowly, <laughs> sort of do. slowly towards the, the idea that NFL officials should have at a minimum uh, on video explanations for what they saw and why they made the call they made. They should have to speak their story. Yeah. You guys I, stop DMing me about Jeffrey Epstein client list. <laughs> Dude, did you see the client list came out, bro? Did you see it came out? <laughs> like people are sending me like wild theories. Hey, did you see this guy's on the list? Bro. <laughs> Show me like I and I'm gonna need Reuters or the BBC. I'm gonna need a European news agency because I won't even believe it if it's if it's MSNBC or CNN or Fox or I mean, stop. I don't believe for a second. Like Johnny and I, Johnny DMs me every single day, like 50 stories every day. Guys, 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 guys. And guys. the worst part is, and I shouldn't be complaining about this. The worst part is I'll tweet about how, you know, like Tyreek Hill's house was on fire today. It must have been 20 or 30 people in my DMs. Hey, did you see Tyreek Hill's house is on fire? Here's a link. No, no idea, dude. I don't follow the news. <laughs> like when Tom Brady retired. So Tom Brady <laughs> puts out a retirement video and it must've been 200 people. DM. Hey, did you hear about this? No, what do you mean? What's going on with Tommy? <laughs> what do you mean did I hear about it? And, I, and I'm not complaining. If you DM me, keep DMing me. And I, I promise you, I will respond never, probably most of you. Cause I only respond like if you, if you are a subscriber, like a paid subscriber to our show, I'm going to respond to you. Mm -hmm. But everybody said like, Hey man, like I love people who will DM me on Twitter on a tweet from like three days ago. <laughs> hey, Already man, talked about it on hey, the show. Bro. Did you hear that Jim Harbaugh? Like they want, did you hear Michigan's going to play Washington in the national championship? No, I had no idea. I don't follow football. <laughs> football what's that? Who's, I mean, we've never talked about Michigan on the channel, so why would we you be mean following John that? Harbaugh? Yeah. Or the Ravens is coaching Michigan? Like <laughs> <laughs> So now I'm getting all these DMs on the 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 client list and yeah. I just I you guys are and I'm flattered. I'm sounding like an asshole and I probably should stop cuz I don't mean it to come out that way. Yeah. At all. Uh Wasikowski in Plymouth Canton. Yeah. Uh, can we all just agree that Slick Willie is probably on it? I sure, sure, yeah. Um, I'll take red for a hundred dollars. Boss Frog, I'm colorblind. How is this applicable? 
Well, it explains your wardrobe. Um, because the colors of the teams, boss, are on the Super Bowl logo. Like, for instance, LVI had the Bengals in red and the Rams in yellow and the Rams at the bottom. Eagles. I, I damn it, I'm going to say it. I'm kind of leaning. <laughs> what am I, ESPN? I'm leaning left towards you. All right, Monty, right, you believe in the uh, NFL Super Bowl logo conspiracy, so was 9-11 an inside job, man? Yeah, Monty's a neocon. He's leaning left. <laughs> be leaning right if I would. Anyway. Yeah. All right. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It, it, and no, you you guys are such hyenas. <laughs> I'm not having the Gisane Mac Gislaine. Gislaine Maxwell conversation. It doesn't matter. What's the conversation, dog? She was right next to him the whole time. Watched it all happen. I think it's funny that not funny. Come on. It, uh, is Gislaine Maxwell hot? I don't care. She's a pedophile <laughs> and a sex trafficker. <laughs> Why do I care? Hey, Monty, Monty. Hey, the Epstein Wait, list is Hey, the Epstein list is out. Taylor Swift or Gislaine Maxwell? That says kitty cat is not yours to have, okay? The answer's bullet. No. No. <laughs> Boss Frog says, and what are you talking about my wardrobe? Because every time I've seen you, you wear purple, and I don't understand. <laughs> are you a Ravens fan? Duh. It, it was a joke. Maybe a Laker fan? You know. Um... <laughs> Tanner Plummer, hey, Monty, did the CIA kill JFK? Well, you know, since I'm a left-leaning... Well, and, you know, since RFK apparently is on the list, maybe we should ask him. Newsmax is the right version of MSNBC. Newsmax makes Fox look centerist. It really does. (coughs) Yes, they can. Can I... uh, And I can think they are dumbasses as well. Okay. Okay. Uh, What are we talking about? I'm not sure. I'm not. Too many far right and far left loons out there. Why can't we just be normal? Excuse me. The nomenclature is grifter, please. OG Gary, do we know if Monty has seen the list? <laughs> Bro, why don't you DM it to us? How about that? Yeah, I, I you know, I wish somebody would DM me the list. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's it's wild to me. Um, I don't uh I don't know. There's so many wild names being sent to me and being tweeted out. Who like can you think of somebody that you're like, no way will this person ever be on there? Obama. No, Abraham Lincoln. No. Not gonna be just, no. he's dead. Right. I can't even I can't even do that. Uh, I I don't know. I hope tomorrow I guess we'll have a <laughs> we'll have a <laughs> there's some wild gift happening. Oh my god, dude! I mean, the it's, gift machine on this list is incredible. Oh, it, it, and that's what it—the the comment section is always the best. <laughs> so one of the tweets, me refreshing the Twitter feed, waiting for the Epstein client list, and it's a bunch of old people playing slot machines. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like it, it's it's wild to me that this is who we are. It's wild to me, and I, and I don't know, I don't know how we fix it. I, I really don't know how we fix it. We wait. That's and, how we fix it. Yeah. And we'll see what, what comes of it. So there you have it. Um, before we get out of here, should we talk about our trip? Cougar Track says, I'm a grifter, and I don't even know what that means. It just sounds good. 
Uh, Edward Wayner says like 94. Are we, you guys, guys hit the like button. Really? We've had 3,700 views on. today. Hit the like button. Uh, we had a great trip that included boss frog. Yes. Um, I will, my golf trip. I have to tell you the trip of golfing was quite remarkable. I played terrible golf with boss frog at the win. It's one of the worst and rounds holes. and two holes. Yeah. It's one of the worst rounds of golf I played all year. Uh, -huh. Um, we went from there to a course called Las Vegas national and Las Vegas national was a great course, great staff, great service. I will play it again. Uh, that does not mean that my driver was good. My irons, <laughs> my irons, my putter and my wedges were extraordinary. Um, what did we play after that? Oh, we went to Lake Las Vegas. Yes. Lake Las Vegas, which was mm. played like shit there too. Um, <laughs> And then we made the California turn and things got better. Right. Uh, we went to Pelican Hill. Which was loads of fun. And played pretty well. The driver was iffy, but the irons and the wedges were really, really good. Pelican Hill's the best course I played on this trip. Mm -hmm. And it it was between the wing golf and Pelican Hill. And Pelican Hill South Course is as good as it gets. Elite. Elite. Standing on the ocean for three straight holes is remarkable. It's remarkable. Yeah. I, I mean, that's definitely a memorable course. Hitting, yeah. hitting pitching wedges into oceanside greens on par threes is awesome. Yeah. And I kind of figured out the driver on the backside of Pelican Hill. And then we went to Anaheim Hills and played first six holes, knocking it down middle five holes. MFing, breaking clubs MFing and, everybody. You know, I don't break clubs. You don't break clubs. No, you don't. Um, the last six holes, amazing. Yeah. And then I went and played a little beater Navy course on my own. It's all right. Couldn't hit a wedge to save my life. Mm -hmm. Can't understand it. Driver mysteriously turned around at that Navy course. Why? I don't know either. Um... <laughs> Because I started putting the the word posture in my head, because I I videotape a lot of my swings, and so I I can see some things that don't look right. So I try to posture is the one thing that I knew. So I started driving it, and I hit a massive drive at the Navy course. It was um it was probably three twenty something. Okay, went to El Dorado Park Golf Course in Long Beach. Hit the driver pretty well. Could not hit a wedge of 50 degree, a 54, a 60. Just couldn't do it. Irons were great. Wedges were terrible. Driver was okay. Mm -hmm. Driving range session. Okay, good. Left LA, drove to Mesquite, Nevada. Played Wolf Creek. And dominated. Me and Mrs. Monty. Jake was in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. I've never driven the ball so effectively as I did at Wolf Creek. I had a 345-yard drive, slightly downhill, and the ball just was, I couldn't believe it was there. I This particular swing, you have to hit it over, so it's a dogleg right. But you can clearly see an avenue where if you cut the corner, you should be in good shape. 
And it's a, I think it was a 400 something yard hole, almost 500 yards. So I made the decision because I had been hitting the ball really well. I made the decision to go for it. And dude, I hit that ball and measured it. And it was about 340. I think it was 343 to be exact. And I'm about 80 yards from the green. And that ball got lost. How'd it get lost? 50 degree wedge. <laughs> Could not hit a wedge to save because my life. Because it's garbage. Wolf Creek is a freak show. Mm-hmm. If you've never played Wolf Creek in Mesquite, you should play it one time. The carts are horrendous. The the it there's so much up. I mean, I'm not talking about like, and I play a lot of mountain golf. I love my guys up at Canyons Resort. Right. Fast mountain golf course. It's better. Canyons Resort is far better than Wolf Creek. The the cart path at Wolf Creek is straight uphill or straight downhill. And your your brakes lock up, so you're constantly squealing your tires going downhill. I'm not even joking. The elevated tee boxes are sand or gravel. They're terrible. But the views and the vistas are amazing. And the ball clearly travels because I not only did I have that three or 40-yard drive, mm-hmm. I had several 320s, and just about every tee shot I hit was 300 yards. Uh-huh. And it was amazing. And I shot a 36 on the back nine at Wolf Creek. And I hit, for instance, a pitching wedge uphill. I hit a 190 yard pitching wedge on a bounce. So you have to hit it's it's slightly uphill, right? And the shots blind. So you have to kind of drive yourself up to the top of the fairway, see where the hole is. You come back down and I hit this this pitching wedge and it went straight over this hill and I got a big bounce and I was probably less than a foot off the green it was amazing. Um, but Wolf Creek's a freak show. Yeah. The greens are impossible. You cannot putt there. You cannot really count on it on a, if you ever go past the hole at Wolf Creek, you're done. <laughs> you're done. You are done. Yeah. Well, you over. played it once now, you know, and I want to go, I want to take you back there so you can play it because yeah. it, it is enjoyable. There are several blind tee shots over rock formations. It, it is, you should play it once, but like Copper Rock in Hurricane, much better course, uh-huh. much more enjoyable golf. Um, Black Desert, much better course, much more enjoyable golf, right? So, but you got to play it one time. But I think uh, I think there's no doubt it's it's not even close. With all due respect to the wing, because their service is second to none. Uh, the course was in unbelievable shape. Pelican Hill South is the nicest course I've ever played. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Soft greens, really well manicured. And I think the difference too is that being on the ocean allows your golf course to just be supple, really nice, yeah. really soft, like receptive greens. Yeah. And and I and I I figured that out while we were playing there. You notice how hard everything is when you play in the desert. Everything's dry. It's very hard. A lot of skipping. A lot the ball of skipping. skips a lot. Yes. Whereas in- which at Wolf Creek, I will I will give them this. The fairways were soft, almost too soft, and it hadn't rained in a month. Almost too soft to the point where you don't get unless it's downhill, or there's undulations or or hill little those smaller hills mm-hmm. you don't get much rollout 
Because there were two, boy, the first hole. Here's another gripe I have, and I don't understand it. So many courses win golf. Um, Anaheim Hills, I think. Did Anaheim Hills let us warm up our driver? Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's right. You could warm up there. There's a lot of courses where you can't warm up your driver. Wolf Creek. So I go to the first tee, and I haven't swung anything but an iron. So, of course, I don't hit a great tee shot on number one. It probably only went about 250. And so I had 300, just short of 300. I had like 290 to the green. Right. So I'm not warmed up on a a four iron, or excuse me, a four wood. So I'm in the left side of the fairway, and I swung over the top of the golf ball with a four wood, and the ball went straight up in the air. Straight up in the air. And it's as pissed off as I have been in some time, because I have been hitting three wood and four wood really well. My next swing, I swung and missed the ball. Never have I ever done that playing golf. I am not a swing and miss guy. Swung and missed it. And I think that's the moment that turned my my game around. Because I took a minute. I didn't even MF or yell or get upset or none of that. Stood there, took a deep breath, took my stance, and I had 190 yard or a 290 yard forward. Hole high, just off the green to the left. And I said that because it plugged. Yeah. So did a nice little, hit a nice little 60 out of that, out of that. But that's the greatest forward I've ever hit, <laughs> which tells you the ball was flying. Cause my forward usually is a 260, 270 club. Yeah. To hit it that far was, yeah. There was awesome. a lot of pain and frustration in that swing. That's why I went further. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it sounds like you had fun. That's awesome. I did. Wolf Creek was interesting. Yeah. Now, I I will go back one more time with you, and I think you'll see that probably be it. St. Yeah. George Golf looks nice. And Copper Rock was amazing. Yeah, absolutely. You got to get the right weather because when it's cold down there, dude, it's tough to play, man. Right. Uh, Boss Frog, I'll be honest. Jake can smash a drive once he gets a hold of one. And I out hit him by probably 20 yards when I'm right. Mm-hmm. I've just been, I've got to get back with Darren, my swing coach, Darren Ingram, because I'm struggling up until that, those last two rounds, I'd really been struggling to hit the driver. Cause I just tend to be off plane. My shoulders are. Yeah. And I really struggle to get to my front foot, but I think I fixed my posture. Now I've got to get with Darren to get my weight forward. Yeah. So, but that, <laughs> You smash a drive playing mountain golf. Oh, there's that goes a long way. There's no better feeling. One of the best ones was like on 15. There's a tree way off in the distance that's growing out of a a small mountain rock formation thing. And this guy's like, Yeah, you want to hit it there. Don't be, and I hate when people do this. You don't want to be left because it all runs down to the water. So I'm like, okay. So I put it in my head to go and hit that tree. And the video is awesome because it's probably the best driver swing I've had in some time. And I just smoked that ball. And I did exactly what I wanted to do. Put it a little further back in my stance so it would be lower. Because you know in the mountains, if you get the ball up in the air, it's not going to go nearly as far. Put it back in my stance and I hit this low line drive that was, it's that ball's in the air and you're just like, 
man, that's beautiful. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, it is. It is amazing. Uh, Mike Smith, Jake got a strong hate swing. I don't know what you mean by that. Uh, Cougar tracks. Golfers are sometimes like going fishing. Nah, there's definite skill. You're not, you're not hoping you are using your ability. Yeah. Fishing's a lot of fishing, not catching. Yeah. It's called fishing for a reason. Uh, J2H wasn't afraid to swing out of his shoes. No, nope. No, Jake's not Jim Choi. PXG clubs can handle any course. Uh, they, the irons are amazing. The PXG iron, the, the driver is without question. It is the hottest driver in golf. There, there's just no doubt about it. Although I, I will also say at the Navy course, I hit a ping driver, hated it, hated it, hated it. It just doesn't feel good in your hands. You know, a club like yeah. feels, I, mm, you know, you had me at supple. Mike Smith said, OG Gary, I miss Snapple. <laughs> I think we talked about this in the group chat. Cantaloupe Snapple was the greatest thing ever. Mm -hmm. if, if you've never had it, you know. Uh, let's see. Cougar tracks. 14 clubs is the limit, Monty. Well, I carry a five iron through nine. Pitching wedge, 50, 54, 56. And then I have a four wood, a three wood, and a driver. That's what I carry. And a putter. So how'd your putting go today? Horrible. Super rusty. Yeah. Haven't swung a golf club in two and a half weeks. Uh, Jake, January 27th, the Floridian. Do it. Do it. What's the Floridian? I think boss wants us to go to Florida. At well, the end I think of he's asking golf. you to go to Florida. Yeah, we'll see. Florida golf's different. Have an aversion to peach-flavored drinks. Oh, not me. Uh, the peach ring from Bucked Up is so good. Oh, my God. Uh, as a young man, I had a whole bottle of peach schnapps and other drinks. Oh, peach schnapps almost destroyed my life. <laughs> I'm with you on that. OG Gary, I hate danger on the left. That's exactly where my ball goes. Now I have the ability to... I can... I'm not going to say it out loud because it's probably not true. Uh, Cougar tracks. I like the UGC the best. I don't know what UGC is. What does yeah, that I don't mean? I don't know what that means. Uh, have we? Whoa. Yes, they talked about it, John DeLon. Comment dump. What the hell happened there? DeLon, there you are. Have we discussed Brian Kelly firing four defensive coaches? Yeah, he cleaned house. As it's not good have. enough in the SEC, dude. Warrior Alvarez. Well, I have a brisket when you come to Florida. There you go. Main event, who remembers the E. coli Snapple debacle in 96? I kind of do now that you say that. I kind of do now that you say that. So has anybody, like, no more DMs on the Jeffrey Epstein client list. Mm -mm. So I'm happy about that. Have you seen any more names? I have not yet, no. Dude, the speculation is wild. Yeah, I mean, it's ripe. Yeah, it I mean, is. everyone's speculating. Don't speculate. Don't speculate. Let the paperwork do the talking. Don't speculate, please, <laughs> dude. Some of, there's one name, and we'll talk about it tomorrow. There's one name that is shocking. From a reliable source, there's one name on that list that is stunning. So we'll talk about that, but there you go. All right, The Monty Show, as always, presents by our good friends at TridayTrading.com. TridayTrading.com. Stop making excuses about changing your life, guys. Do it now. TridayTrading.com. 30-day trial membership. You get their entire program. You make a $10 charitable donation. You get their entire program. Get to TridayTrading.com slash Monty. 
right there. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. We'll be back tomorrow. I'm sure we'll have much more Jim Harbaugh hate, much more on the Epstein list. I can almost guarantee it. Yes. Much more detail. We'll actually know who's on the list. Damn, I didn't get to my prize picks. Dude, I am red hot on prize picks. I think I'm back to five wins in a row. Pimp's going pimp, man. Yeah. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.